One out of two Americans thinks their life is worthy of a book. Here's another startling stat. You may be one of the 15% of people who bothered to start your book and one of the 6% that got halfway through it, but your gem of an idea likely died. Or did it? Some published authors are making significant money, so join the ranks of the successful people that finish their books with help from Dorrance Publishing. Call right now and our experienced editors and writers will explain to you what it's going to take to get your book completely written, published, and then taken to market to sell it. It's a free consultation, so call right now. Find out how much time and money it takes to finally get that book idea of yours published. Make your dreams happen. Call Doran's Publishing right now. 800-485-6003. 800-485-6003. That's 800-485-6003. then thank you for that and welcome to another live edition of titillating sports wait for the pause with rick tittle that's me you're you what you got what you get we are here for the next well i'm here for the next three hours (laughs) taking your calls on uh sports and uh yeah we have entertainment as well but i think most of my calls are about sports Sports fans like, why you got all these entertainment guys? Because we feel like it. I remember one time I was golfing with a bunch of guys, and my brother has a really weird, like the way he uh, tees off. And a uh, guy goes, well, how can you swing like that? He goes, because I freaking feel like it. And he's like, oh, okay. Kind of like that. We're going to start off the show after this quick break with the Emmy-winning newswoman Deborah Roberts. She has a uh, collection of essays from her notable friends and has written a book called The Teacher Who Changed My Life. We'll have Dr. Sabina Stanley for her book, What's Hidden Inside Planets. Then we'll do salesporttalk.com, as we always do, Tuesdays at 940 Pacific. Comedian Stuart Thompson in studio. He has an album he's recording tonight and tomorrow at The Punchline here in San Francisco. Loss of comedy writers Rebecca Shaw and Bren Cronengold from The Tonight Show. They have a book called Naked in the Rideshare, pro-wagering with J.D. Sharp, and author Mike Richman for his biography on George Allen. So I have four books here. There are four, four, five authors and four books. Will we be able to talk sports? Let's see. At 1025 and 1125, I think we'll be able to... Talk some sports. 1-800-878-PLAY. How do I pack all this entertainment into one show? I don't know. We seem to do it every day. Wish us luck to do it again today. Tune in app, iHeartRadio app, Stitcher app, Twitch, twitch.tv. Check me out on that thing. Also, American Forces Radio Network worldwide. Supporting the troops, as always. You're doing a great job. Come on back. A psoriasis flare-up can make a walk in the park, well... 
No walk in the park. It's that obvious, huh? I've tried so many lotions and creams, but I still have symptoms. So those don't do enough to treat the inflammation beneath the skin, leaving you with those uncontrolled symptoms. Makes sense, but what else can I do? You can get real with your dermatologist so they can help you get clear, make an appointment, and, oh, you're already on it. Hi. Yes, I'd like to make an appointment. Get real clear about psoriasis at letsgetrealclear.com. Sponsored by AbbVie. Has someone in your family lost a job recently and now you can't afford your mortgage payment? Or do you have a rental property and your tenants aren't paying you? Quick Cash Offer can come to the rescue and pay you cash for your home immediately. Yes, sell your home and get cash all over the phone without dealing with real estate agents and risking your safety by showing your home to lukewarm buyers. You don't need to lose your home to foreclosure. If you have any equity in your home, we will buy it and give you cash within days, all in a simple over-the-phone and virtual process. Call Quick Cash Offer now before the economy gets worse. Sell a home you can't afford or just don't want to get the cash you need today. 800-788-1495 That's 800-788-1495 Remember in the beginning when you first started to build a life for you and your family you never imagined it would come to this instead of living your dreams you're living with debt in fact it's smothering you now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. If you owe $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you qualify to receive a free, no-obligation consultation on how to get rid of that debt for good. Call the Debt Helpline now. We work on your behalf to reduce your debt. We specialize in credit cards, retail store cards, and medical bills. One simple call is all it takes to get the ball rolling to a debt-free life. Stop living with debt and start living your dreams. Call the Debt Helpline now. 800-943-2153 That's 800-943-2153 Hi, what brings you to the clinic today? Oh, the baby's not feeling well. I think she might have a fever. Ah, oh, well, let's check her temp with the Exergen thermometer. You're right. These Exergen thermometers are very accurate. Reads 101.2. Oh, gosh. Well, that Exergen thermometer sure is fast and easy to use. Yes, and many doctors recommend Exergen for home use. Exergen thermometers, backed by over 100 clinical studies, are available at Walmart and participating retailers. Learn more at exergen.com. Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius, the best show ever. He's so wonderful, genius, the best show ever. He's so wonderful, titillating sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a he's so handsome, he's a genius. Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. 1-800-878-PLAY, 1-800-878-7529. Waiting on our guest, and uh, when we get her, we will throw her on the air and get into the uh, proceedings that we had. It's a Tuesday, so we also look back at uh, what went down uh, in uh, football uh, last night, and uh, unreal what the Buffalo Bills are doing or not doing, contriving 
a way to <laughs> lose to the Broncos. And uh, this morning they have fired offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey. And uh, Joe Brady is taking over. Ken Dorsey is a kid out of Contra Costa County like myself, the East Bay. He went to Miramani High School, which is out where I went to college at St. Mary's. And uh, Sean McDermott, the head coach last night, said that the loss was inexcusable, 24-22. And Dorsey, uh, who played at Miami and was also a quarterback that bounced around, was with the Niners a little bit uh, as well. He was just one and a half years into the job. And we will get to back that we will get back to that in a second, but we're quite pleased to have our guest and uh, one of the best news correspondents of our time, the Emmy winner from ABC News, Deborah Roberts is with us. And she's here because she is the author of a brand new book called Lessons Learned and Cherished: The Teacher Who Changed My Life. And these are featuring stories from Oprah Winfrey, Brooke Shields, Misty Copeland, and uh, so many more. Deborah, welcome to the uh, show. And um, first of all, I had your husband Al on the show when he wrote his uh, his book a couple of years ago. So uh, you guys are getting pretty prolific in the uh, the publishing industry, huh? Well, and he's even in this book, so you can't get away from it. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> what was the idea behind putting all of these uh, stories together? Thinking about teachers and what's happening right now, and as a journalist, of course, I was aware of, you know, the crisis that we're going through right now, particularly post-pandemic, when you think about um, teachers and how they feel about the profession and the job satisfaction is at a, an all-time low, and 58,000 teachers left the profession in the, this country alone over the last year. So they're burnt out and they're exhausted and they feel unappreciated. But on the other hand, whenever you talk about teachers, to, to uh, at least whenever I would, to friends, they would talk glowingly about a teacher who changed their life and, and sparked something in them. And I thought maybe it's time to sort of talk about that and to put uh, teachers on the map and, and, and really talk about what they mean and what they um, have, have meant to so many of us so that we can turn things around maybe and at the very least get a conversation going about trying to turn things around. You know, it's interesting you bring that up because it's almost like a vocation in this country. I have relatives in Europe who are teachers, and they have big, beautiful houses. And I say, you know, in America, the teachers don't make money, and so it's mostly kids right out of college, and, uh, you know, and, and they don't want to do it too long. Why do you think it is in this country that teachers do get the short shrift when in other countries they're more lauded like that? Well, you mentioned a very good point, because in my um, research, when I was looking into this subject, I was aware of the fact that in Europe, for instance, in Finland, you know, teachers have a lot of autonomy, and, uh, you know, they, they are paid a little bit better, they are required to be well-educated, and so they, they, the environment is created for teachers to be valued and to see this as a real, noble profession. That was the case in our country years ago, whereas maybe the pay wasn't quite the same, but we really did look at teachers in a way that was a kind of a vaulted status, and now we don't really see them that way anymore. And I think that, you know, like any other uh, professions, you know, we, we are demanding a lot of them, and, and, and certainly for not so much pay, 
And, you know, these days it's not just about the academics and setting good examples, but, you know, you're talking about teachers protecting their students when it comes to, comes to handguns. We're talking about violence that, that uh, students, the teachers are having to deal with and oftentimes from students. And then also, too, just these demands that are put upon um, teachers and how they teach and what they can teach. And I think it's just right now a profession that is just ripe with a lot of um, uh, exhaustion and, 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 and pent-up frustration. And I think that it's just it's, it's, it's a very troubled profession. Now, that said, we've been through times before in this country, certainly in the 80s, where teachers were uh, expressing a lot of dissatisfaction in their jobs. And, we, and the government paid attention, and there was a big campaign to revamp education. So we've been in a similar situation, certainly not the extreme that we are in right now. But I think that there is precedence for the fact that we can try to turn things around for teachers. I remember when Tom Hanks won his uh, Oscar, he talked about his drama teacher at Skyline High School in Oakland, and he yeah. went on and on and on about how he changed his life. Is that what you're kind of getting at, like for these people, the, the one teacher that told them, you know, you can do this, or maybe you want to get into this field, that type of stuff? Well, I'm certainly hoping that that becomes something. I mean, I, I remember hearing the director for um, an, an Oscar-winning movie going on about his teachers. In fact, in his acceptance speech, he rattled off a bunch of teachers who had changed his life. I think more than anything else, I, a conversation about teachers and how valuable they are, at the very least, is a start. And also, too, maybe uh, find ways to contribute. I mean, Donors Choose is a great organization where you can actually choose how to help a teacher. You can help fund their classroom. And, you know, 80% of U.S. Uh, 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 public schools are connected to this fund. And you can actually help supply materials to schools. So I think we just have to make this a priority. We've got to see this as a crisis. And we've got to see it as a priority. Just, I'm sure you've been asked this uh, before, but off the top of your head, maybe one or two of your favorites in this book. Oh, wow. There's so many. But I think um, Lorraine Toussaint, the actress who talks about a teacher who was really um, mean-spirited, but that, that prepared her for something later, and she actually drew something from that in a positive way. And she said she went from toxic to tonic when she had the next teacher who was so fabulous. And the idea that she could take, take a negative experience and turn it into something so positive was amazing. Danielle Ballou, the renowned uh, French chef, I loved hearing him talk about in his small village in Lyon, France and how his teacher basically just on taking them on field trips into, um, you know, ancient churches and sites uh, 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 sort of sparked in him this desire to see the world. So I just, I mean, there's so many that are great. And when I go in, Oprah had me laughing, talking about her teacher. Um, and, and, you know, when she was like just like, uh, shocked when she saw a teacher in the grocery store, she didn't know teachers went to the grocery <laughs> store. You know, just things like that, how we looked at teachers in this, in this way. I thought there were so many great moments to sort of think about teachers and what they meant to us. And it's a nice little trip down memory lane, but also an opportunity to be inspired and hopefully go out and spread that inspiration. It is weird to see a teacher in the wild, like at the grocery store or something. And I, I, I remember when I think I was in fourth grade, I saw my teacher somewhere, and I I heard her use a curse word, and I was just it took me a, it took me a week to get over that. I think. <laughs> I remember seeing one of my teachers smoking, and it took me a while to get over that. You're absolutely right. So seeing them in reality can definitely be sort of a different experience. But I love showing those. And, and, and being able to remember those common experiences that we've all had around beloved teachers. 
The book is called Lessons Learned and Cherished, The Teacher Who Changed My Life by our guest, Deborah Roberts, talking to so many other people. This is available from Anscape Publishing. Deborah, congratulations, and thank you for coming by. It's such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. All right, no doubt. And uh, her husband, by the way, is Al Roker, and uh, we had him on when he wrote his uh, Jamestown flood book about, I don't know, about four or five years ago, I think. All right, we will take a quick break, and we will get on back right here on Sports Byline. Attention homeowners, it's not if something's going to break, it's when. That's home ownership. If your dryer, your refrigerator, or your AC and heating breaks, that's an expensive call. And who do you call? Make it easy on yourself and call Choice Home Warranty. We've already done the research and have access to 25,000 technicians that can be at your home quickly. We've covered close to 2 million homes in the United States. There's a good chance your neighbors work with us. Call us right now before the next breakdown. We'll tell you everything that's covered in your home and give you the first month free with our ironclad 30-day money-back guarantee. Call now and learn how to get your free month. 800-392-7027. 800-392-7027. That's 800-392-7027. Limitations and exclusions apply. First month free with purchase of single plan. Visit choicehomewarranty.com for more details. Can your IRA stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is at our doorsteps? By allocating a percentage of your IRA into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from turbulent markets and economic downturns by putting your IRA back on the gold standard. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA. The only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Call now for your free gold and silver report. Protect your IRA today with one simple phone call and learn how to qualify for up to $10,000 in free silver. Call Genesis Gold Group, empowering faith-driven stewardship. 800-211-6008. That's 800-211-6008. We all love children, and many of us have an old car, truck, or van in the driveway. Find the Children has a great way for you to put your unwanted vehicle to good use. Keep listening. Every year, thousands of kids go missing. Trust me, it's a parent's worst nightmare. When a child goes missing, every moment counts, and you need all of the help you can get. Find the Children is a nonprofit organization dedicated to locating missing children and bringing them home safely. You can help support their mission by donating your car, truck, 
van or SUV. A towing company will come and pick up your car for free, running or not, and the donation of your car is tax deductible. Your help is providing the funds they need to continue their services. Call now, donate your old vehicle to find the children and get free pickup. Here's the number. 800-670-7830. That's 800-670-7830. Sometimes when I'm driving on the road at night, I see two headlights coming toward me. Fast, I have this sudden impulse to turn the wheel quickly, head on into the oncoming car. I can anticipate the explosion, the sound of shattering glass, the flames rising out of the flowing gasoline. Right. Well, I have to, I have to go now, Dwayne, because I, I'm due back on the planet Earth. Tittle ain't the man, but Rick Tittle know who the man is, and he slapped his white fanny. All right. Thank you for that, I think, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show Dr. Sabina Stanley. She is a professor of planetary physics at Johns Hopkins, and she has a brand new book, part of the Johns Hopkins Wavelength series. It's called What's Hidden? Inside our planets. Uh, Dr. Stanley, thanks for being here. And I think it's a great topic because I think for most of human beings, we either think, well, it's nothing but magma and rocks down there, or we think it's a race of mole people who will emerge and kill us someday. So when did this all kind of start for you? Like, I'm going to take a look at this. Yeah, thanks so much for having me here. Uh, for me, I think what really got me interested in planets is the fact that I actually grew up in an impact crater. So 1.8 billion years ago, a giant meteor came and crashed into the surface of the Earth in a town that's now called Sudbury in Ontario, Canada. And this meteor left a giant hole in the surface of the Earth, and that hole filled up with a magma melt pool and eventually brought up a bunch of resources from deeper inside the earth that we now use for mining and all sorts of uh, industrial uh, purposes. So I grew up in this place that really should have had me thinking very early on about all the cool things that are happening deep inside planets. I don't think I was aware of it at the time, but I hope that like, I feel like my subconscious kind of knew that I was growing up in a place that had real significance for planetary science. How far have we I mean, I know from, uh, you know, uh, with our, our commerce, sometimes we can drill down for, for oil and other natural resources. But how far have we actually explored deep down? How many miles have we gone? Yeah, great question. So the important thing to keep in mind here is that the distance from the surface of the Earth to the center of the Earth is 4,000 miles. And we have dug down about eight miles. Wow. So it's nothing. We have barely scratched the surface. Is it all theory, or do we know what's inside our planet? 
So we do have good uh, data and understanding of what's inside. We don't know everything about what's inside our planet, so I'm not sure about the mole people. Uh, but <laughs> what we do know comes from different ways. We have to be a little bit sneaky and clever about how we study the inside of plants because we can't dig down. So we kind of use a lot of the same techniques that a doctor uses when trying to figure out what's wrong with you, right? When you go into the doctor, hopefully their first um, uh, thing isn't to say, hey, why don't we drill in there and find out? They do things like CAT scans and MRIs and, and use all sorts of waves and, and scans to figure out what's going on with you. We can do the same thing for the Earth and for other planets. So we use things like gravity fields, magnetic fields. We use the waves that are produced from earthquakes that travel through the Earth in order to understand what's going on inside the Earth. I've never asked this question before, but what, what, why are you so annoyed with the planet Venus? Venus is the worst planet. I am so frustrated with Venus. I can't even begin to describe. Actually, I can. So here's the thing with Venus. Lovely planet. Nothing against the planet. But as scientists, we've found a bunch of cool ways to discover what goes on inside planets. And every single one of those ways that we've discovered doesn't work at Venus. So I'll give you some examples. So one way we can learn about the interior structure and composition of a planet is to use its rotation and from its rotation, it gets a bulge at the center. So we can measure the size of that bulge, and that tells us something about the interior structure of the planet. Then you get to Venus. Venus is rotating so slowly that there's no bulge, so we can't use that method. Then you're like, okay, well, on Earth, we know a lot about, for example, the iron core inside Earth, because that's where our magnetic field is generated, and we can measure the magnetic field at the surface of the planet, and from that, infer what's going on in the core. Then you get to Venus, and Venus doesn't have a magnetic field, so we can't use that method at all. Then like, oh, maybe I can use seismology on Venus. Nope, you cannot put a seismometer on the surface of Venus. It's just too hot down there and too corrosive of an environment. So forget about that. So Venus just does not like us to study it at all. It's like, nope, go away. I'm happy the way I am. <laughs> a couple more questions for Dr. Sabina Stanley, her new book, What's Hidden Inside Planets. Is there a plan for the exploration past eight miles, or do most scientists say, who cares? Why would you waste your time with that? So I would say that we've relied and we're relying on different techniques rather than drilling down. So first of all, there's things like using gravity fields and magnetic fields and seismology. We're also fortunate that once in a while, the interior of the planet comes to us. So things like volcanoes that have magma eruptions it come from material deep inside the Earth. But also, whenever diamonds come to the surface, so diamonds are really interesting because they're produced deeper inside the Earth. And when they come up, they can actually trap other materials inside them in the center of the diamond and keep them like little capsules. So we have these little capsules of materials that come up from deep inside the planet. We can study those to learn about what's going on inside Earth. I remember being uh, in a uh, cavern here in Northern California, and it was only down a couple hundred feet, but... They said that the temperature is exactly the same, 365 days a year, and that in an earthquake, this is actually one of the safer places to be. It was it was bizarre to think about all these different things. And, you know, we know about stalactites and stalagmites, and if it's a stalactite, C for ceiling and G for ground and all these other little things. But, <laughs> but for you, uh, on a personal note, what have been some of the things that you have uh, explored in these areas? Yeah, for me, I really love to study the very deepest parts of the planet. So what goes on in those iron cores? How does the Earth make its magnetic field? 
The magnetic field is so important on Earth. It protects us from high-energy radiation, from particles that come from the sun and from cosmic rays. So the fact that we, for example, have a satellite system around the Earth that allows us to use GPS to figure out our location and navigation, uh, the communication satellites in orbit around the Earth, all of those instrumentations, they're protected by our magnetic field. Uh, and so I really like to try and understand how this wonderful shield that's so important for us in our daily activities actually gets created deep inside the planet in a region that's hotter than the surface of the sun uh, and just basically filled with convecting molten iron churning around. Speaking of molten, the volcanoes, we look at them as, you know, perilous natural disasters, but in the way, are they kind of necessary and beneficial release valves for the planet? Yeah, absolutely. So volcanoes absolutely are perilous, and we have to monitor them and make sure we understand how volcanoes work so that we can protect life as much as possible. But volcanoes are also responsible for a lot of the things we need on the surface of the Earth. So, for example, a lot of the water that is on the surface of the Earth, our oceans, come from water deep inside the Earth that gets um, shot out of the planet in volcanic eruptions. So we have outgassing of lots of uh, the gases and, and water and other materials that are very important to us here on the Earth. So we should thank volcanoes in some ways for making the surface of the Earth a little bit more habitable. I read a book a few years ago about the USS Jeanette, which left here in the Bay Area in um, the 1870s to go to um, the Arctic. And there was a theory from a very respected German uh, scientist who said that the Arctic was tropical. Do you have a theory that will either be known as harebrained or pure genius in a hundred years about <laughs> the middle of our planet? Oh gosh, what a question. Uh, I think I would say I have a theory about other planets, not so much about our own planet. So I think that, uh, all of the planets out there, their magnetic fields, like Earth's magnetic field, are this really great shield. And the reason they're such a great shield is because um, they have particular shapes. They're, they're shaped like you have a bar magnet at the center of the planet. So you've got one North Pole, one South Pole. Magnetic field lines travel from one to the other. But I think that most planets, actually, their magnetic fields, if left to their own devices, would be much more complicated, have lots of North and South Poles. But it turns out that weird things surrounding the magnetic generation region, region inside planets make them look dipolar. So I think that most planets are actually hiding their true magnetic fields from us, and uh, it just very sort of uh, confusingly makes them look like their magnetic fields are very similar to Earth. We just have a minute. Last question for you. What do you think about the theory that some astronomers have that our moon popped out of the middle of the Earth? So our moon was created when something about the size of Mars, about half the size of Earth, had a glancing impact with the proto-Earth, so the Earth before it became our Earth, uh, and material from both the moon, that, that proto-body, and the Earth ended up orbiting Earth itself. So some of the moon, it does actually come from uh, parts of the interior of the Earth, but some of it also comes from the impactor that hit the Earth. So it's not wrong that there's uh, material in the moon that came from Earth. That's why the composition of the moon is actually so similar to the composition of the Earth. They kind of form from the same stuff. I just love the fact that we, you know, we're so smug, whatever age we're in in humanity, that we think we know everything and we really don't know anything, do we? <laughs> it's, um, so, you know, the 
place that that shows up the most is every time we send a new mission to a planet, uh, the data we get from that completely rewrites our textbooks and our understanding of how that planet works. So I absolutely agree with you. Great stuff from Dr. Sabina Stanley, the Distinguished Professor of Planetary Physics at John Hopkins, one of our best universities. And it's a John Hopkins Wavelengths book called What's Hidden Inside Our Planets. I like the size of it. It's, it's nice and handy, uh, Dr. Stanley. And thanks for coming on. Thanks so much. This was fun. All right. Good stuff. We'll come back on the other side with SalesportTalk.com. Karen Lyle from Salesport Talk, and today we're diving into the heart of the Vandy Globe, the ultimate test of human and nautical endurance. The Vandy Globe, a solo circumnavigation of the globe, has kicked off from the picturesque La Salle de Lone. Picture this, a daring journey down the Atlantic, a traverse through the Indian and Pacific Oceans only to face the challenging return up the Atlantic. It's a planetary odyssey, a climactic roller coaster that tests sailors like no other. Over the past nine editions of this epic race, intrepid competitors have covered a staggering 28,000 miles, battling the elements, the wind, the waves, the swell, and even the icy challenges of the open sea. The trajectory of their boats resembles a dance of broken lines, zigzags, detours, and ever-changing courses. The true drama unfolds as these solo sailors navigate the push and pull of high and low pressure systems, determining their strategy for each leg of the Vandy Globe. The north-south trajectory down the Atlantic and the south-north return journey cut across the usual path of disturbances, making every decision critical. The first phase, from La Sable de Lone to the Cape of Good Hope, demands a delicate dance with the anticyclone of the Azores in the North Atlantic, followed by its southern counterpart near St. Helena. Finding the sweet spot, avoiding the strongest winds while not getting trapped in the high-pressure areas becomes a strategic game for these sailors. Phase 2 sees sailors riding the westerlies for a speedy journey between Good Hope and the Horn, embracing the wind's power for a swift passage. Then it's a return to the challenges of avoiding the anticyclones of St. Helena and the Azores in the third phase, just like the initial leg. But that's not all. The sailors must also grapple with the intertropical convergence zone, fondly known as the doldrums. Here, in this unpredictable zone, hot and humid air masses collide, creating a chaotic mix of calm and squalls. It's a true test of vigilance and intuition to escape this maritime maze. Now let's talk about the vessels themselves, the thoroughbred racehorses of the sea, measuring 18.28 meters, 60 feet long, with a draft of 4.5 meters. These boats are the most powerful monohulls on the planet, all led by a solo skipper. They boast impressive speed, nearly reaching 40 knots downwind at their peak. Governed by the IMOCA class, Founded in 1991 and supported by World Sailing, these boats share common elements like the mast, sails, keel, boom, forestay, and runners. However, the architects have room for creativity in other aspects, notably the volume of the foils. These critical appendages, lifting the hull in upwind conditions, is limited to 8 cubic meters, ensuring a fair and thrilling competition. So there you have it, folks, the drama, the strategy, and the sheer power of the Vandy Globe. Stay tuned to Salesport Talk for more updates on this epic nautical adventure. Until next time, fair winds and following seas. Karen Lyle of Salesport Talk.
All right, thank you, Christopher, and welcome back to Sports Byline USA, coast to coast, around the world on AFN. And it is 9.40 Pacific time on Tuesday. That means we check in with our friends at salesportstalk.com. And to co-host the segment with me is Karen Lyle. How are you doing, Karen? I'm doing fantastic, Rick. How are you doing? Very well. Thanks for asking. Let's bring in our guest. We're very happy to have her. It is Inga Grimet, a filmmaker and founder of the nonprofit Oceans and Roads but she was with one of our friends, uh, Captain Marie Rogers, on the boat Good Trouble that sailed the last Transpac race from Los Angeles to Hawaii. And uh, Inga, you're more of a filmmaker who found herself a sailor in this situation. Is that right? Yes, very much so. <laughs> Um, yeah, I met Marie a few months ago through another friend and sail, well, actually a sailor friend of mine. And so from there, we created that relationship. And I had the wonderful experience of uh, meeting with Marie and uh, going with her uh, and following her journey uh, with, on Transpac. So it, it, was, it was an amazing time. And, and uh, I, I definitely want to keep, keep that up. So, Inga, you're coming from a background of a television and film production working with CBS, NBC, MTV, Fox, Paramount Studios, and E, and now you're setting up your own company. Are you continuing to do some of this other work? Yes, yes. I I um, have been doing film work for about 20 years, and um, what I love most is the opportunity to tell these stories. And so... Uh, being uh, actually working with Marie and working with my director Fred or Garrier, who who hails from another documentary uh, film company, uh, we're looking to to create more stories um, with sailing and other aquatic sports. Was there a moment when you were on the boat, maybe a moment of peril, and you thought, "Oh hell no"? <laughs> uh, that was every day. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the, the when I first started, when I first started, uh, Marie uh, showed me the ins and outs, but uh, it, it was it was it was an amazing experience. So tell me, balance is always an issue on a boat, especially when you're holding a camera. How do you get your three points of contact with your camera? Well, what we did, we we put GoPros at various points of the camera. Uh, I'm sorry, various points of the boat. So we can get different angles, um, and of course, we did a lot of shooting uh, before uh, the launch, and then afterwards when uh, Good Trouble came to, came to port um, in Hawaii. What would you say was maybe the thing about being on the ship that you found most natural that you were good at, and maybe the thing that was most foreign that you thought this is really difficult? Um, I, I don't think I'm really good at any, anything I like that. I'm, I'm <laughs> such a newbie, so that would be more of a question for Marie and her other uh, teammates. Um, yeah, but I, I do want to clarify that. Yes? No, go ahead. You, you also have, um, um, a, um, passion for helping people to learn how to swim and i imagine being on that boat and going going over those oceans swimming might have been on your mind at some points (laughs) 
although you would never hope hope it would be. Why do you feel that your nonprofit needs to give scholarships to young women of color and their parents for swimming? Well, I think swimming is a very crucial and uh, viable thing that we all need to have. Um, I know that growing up, I didn't have that opportunity to learn how to swim. I wasn't around water. Even though I love going to the beach, I love water, I just didn't have the opportunity to learn how to swim. Uh, my parents, uh, I come, I do come from a two-parent household. It's just that my parents were both working, and uh, it, there was really not even a thought to put me any into any sort of swim courses. Um, and then growing up and, you know, going through high school and college, uh, the friends that I had never knew how to swim either. And so uh, I, I do really think that is a crucial thing to learn, uh, especially with young women and women of color. Um, and also, too, there's a lot of uh, folks like myself who love to travel. So we want to be able to experience everything. We want to be able to experience swimming in the ocean. We want to be able to experience, you know, swimming, you know, in different countries and, and things like that and be able to embrace everything um, about it. And also the, the crucial thing in, in regard to sailing is, you really do need to have that background, have that, um, have that as uh, your, I guess, the number one before you even start to start to sail it. It's very important because it just gets rid of that that fear of water. And I think a lot of uh, young people, especially in disadvantaged communities, really don't uh, have the really don't. Uh, enjoy going to the beach or enjoy getting into a pool because of, of, of a fear. It, it's a, and it's a, a traumatic thing that, uh, that, that a lot of people are not even aware of um, that happens, um, you know, in a lot of disadvantaged communities and communities of color and, and things like that. When you talk about um, being on a, a boat or a ship that long, did you find a lot of like lifelong camaraderie, and then conversely, where there's someone on the boat that you just butted heads with and you weren't a big fan of. Uh, no, but I, I do want I do want to clarify though my my journey with Good Trouble was at the beginning and at the end. I didn't participate in the full trip. I didn't do that. I just want to clarify. Okay. Because I don't want to um, make it seem like I was there the whole trip. I was there in the beginning and at the end. Um, Inga, you know, I, I also did not learn how to swim until I was like about 15. And I remember my mom enrolled me in this YMCA program and all these other kids were swimming laps. And I was just like doing a dog paddle, trying to keep my head above water and just gasping for air. And I remember some of the parents said to my, my mom, what is she doing there? (laughs) But I later became a state champion swimmer and swam five hours a day on the swim team. And Jeez, I'm wondering when you when you first you know learned how to swim and and had that experience. What was that like for you? It's a very freeing experience, um, and it's funny because I didn't actually learn how to swim until earlier this year, and so uh, and it was right before all of this sort of took took place. Um, and then when I started editing uh, the film, I really it really uh, connected with me in a, in a different sort of way um, because a lot of my research has been 
the relationship with people of color and water. Um, and so uh, it, when I swim, it is probably the most colorful and freeing um, feeling that I, it's hard to even explain because I've wanted to do that my entire life. And I'm a middle-aged woman. So, <laughs> you know, um, being able to give that to other people, especially young kids um, who want to be able to swim, who want to join their friends in the pool, uh, teenagers who want to join their friends in the pool, even uh, young adults and uh, parents who, who want to do that. I want them to be able to feel that as well. I don't want people to feel any type of fear or hesitation. I want people to be able to enjoy the lifestyle of being in water without any inhibition. And that that's why I want to do this for other people. Can you tell us more about Oceans and Roads, your nonprofit? Uh, the Oceans and Roads nonprofit uh, was created with the idea of being able to fund and give scholarships for people to learn how to swim. And also the idea to uh, partner with people like uh, Marie and her husband, Bill, who want to teach uh, young people and people of color and from people and also people in disadvantaged communities uh, to sail and have the opportunity to experience offshore sailing. I also created Open Roads because I wanted to offer uh, opportunities for young uh, seniors or seniors in high school and young people, as well as adults who are in college, the opportunity to travel and to be able to uh, have work, study abroad opportunities. I know when I was in college, I didn't have that opportunity. I wanted to study abroad, but I just couldn't afford it. Um, and so I wanted to be able to offer uh, offer that to people to have as an option. And also, uh, my heart, I have a heart for high school seniors that are in foster care. And I know that sometimes we have ideas in our head, what we want to do, we want to grow up, but we're not quite sure. So uh, some, some, per, some kids have the opportunity to have a gap year and to be able to go out in the world and experience things and figure out what they want to do with their life. And I want to be able to provide that for foster high school students as well. So that's the main reason why I started Oceans and Roads. And when I first thought of the idea is when I first traveled out of the country myself. My first uh, travel was to Thailand. And then uh, I also went to Africa. I went to Zanzibar and Tanzania. Um, I've also gone to South, South America and traveled there extensively as well. And through every single journey, I just, I always thought about, you know, growing up and even in college, how I wish I had had this. And so it is, it is my, I feel like it's my destiny to be able to give to other people in that way to experience other cultures, because we are all human beings, and we need to be able to create love and communication. And that is the reason why I started this, this nonprofit. And once again, before we let you go, how do we get in contact with it? Uh, you can contact me at oceansandroads at gmail.com. Um, you can also contact me at grimmett at grimmettmiller.com. There she is at uh, uh, Inga Grimmett.
<laughs> once again, the boat good trouble. She's a filmmaker. She's got oceans and roads, and she dropped by to spend a little time with us, and we appreciate it. Thanks for coming by. Thank you. And, Thank uh, you. And uh, Karen, a state champion swimmer? Yeah. <laughs> I went from dog paddle and hardly getting across the pool to that, yeah. Wow. Uh, so it, it was just a matter of um, being able to, to learn. I took a, a course that taught all the four basic strokes, um, you know, um, breaststroke and, and freestyle and backstroke and, and uh, butterfly. And then um, we just trained. And then when I went to, um, to high school, that, that was when I was in middle school, um, they had a, um, a swimming program and we would swim for two hours before and two hours after school. And so I was up early in the morning at 5 o'clock in the morning swimming as I was going through high school. It must have been and freezing. So I just, well, I was actually at the time I was in Utah. And then later, uh, you know, when I went to UC Berkeley, I, I swam in, in the Piedmont Master's Program and, and then in college down at the University of Texas. So, you know, it was just, um, it was liberating to be able to learn how to swim and be able to do all of that. It was, Remember that pool? I didn't start as a native being able to do it. It was just something that was, uh, I couldn't even, I couldn't even stay afloat in the very beginning. Salesporttalk.com. Karen Lyle, thanks for coming by. <laughs> You're welcome. Rick. All right, Bye-bye. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break and come on back on Sports Pilot. Life insurance is one of those things that just about everybody needs, but few people actually have. Hey, if you die unexpectedly without life insurance, guess what? You'll leave your family with even a bigger mess. Life insurance will help replace your family's income. It'll help cover burial expenses. Life insurance can even help pay off debt like credit cards and medical bills. Life insurance can even pay for college. And if you own a business and you die, life insurance can help your business from collapsing. It can even help cover estate taxes. Life insurance has never been more affordable and needed. Plus, you can always shop around even if you have a plan and save some money. So call the Life Insurance Quote Line right now for free Pricing information. 800 915 9654. 800 915 9654. 800 915 9654. That's 800 915 9654. If you're struggling to keep up with conversations, avoiding restaurants because you can't understand the waiter, if you've got the TV volume way, way up, then you really need these. These tiny but powerful little hearing aids are the Nano CIC Rechargeable, priced at only $297 for a full pair. And no, these are not simply amplifiers. These are ultra-high quality, ultra-reliable hearing aids, priced thousands less than other hearing aids. They fit right in your ear, nothing shows on the back of your ear, and at only $297 for a full pair. When you order today, Nano will give you a 45-day money-back guarantee. Order right now and Nano will give you a free portable charging case and even ship them to you for free. Here's the number. Call now. 800-278-1738. 800-278-1738. 
800-278-1738. That's 800-278-1738. Hey, airline travelers, let's say you have a problem and you need to change or cancel an existing airline reservation. What do you do? Well, Skywatch is a free service that can help anyone with any airline reservation fix it. Whether you want to cancel it, change your dates, or add passengers, we can help fix your airline reservations so you get exactly what you need. We've updated our computer database and now have access to every airline around the globe. So now you can make one phone call, regardless of who booked your airline tickets, and we'll change it, cancel it, and fix it for you. We know the insider secrets to fixing reservations that the airline don't want you to know about. So if you need to cancel, change, or modify an existing airline reservation, call Skywatch right now. It's a free call, so let us fix it for you. 855-325-5647. 855-325-5647. That's 855-325-5647. Where did you get those clothes? At the toilet store? I'm so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating. Thank you for that. And um, I got to give some props and the dedication of some of my friends that are just fighting so hard for the A's to stay in uh, <clears throat> in Oakland. I just got a text from my friend who's in uh, Dallas and they're showing the plane going overhead that says, vote no, vote no. And I texted him, I go, are you there? He's like, oh yeah. I'm like, wow, mad props. You're going to fly all the way to Dallas. Um, I believe it's a uh, fait accompli. I, I think it's going to be unanimous, to tell you the truth. I don't know why anyone would vote no on it in their right minds. It makes absolutely no sense when you look at the success of, I mean, the, the Raiders now, their owner, Mark Davis, has enough money to pay two fired coaches. That never would have happened um, had he not moved to Vegas. He would never have had that type of extra capital to spend. Um, everyone loves going to Vegas except me. Uh, no offense. <laughs> There's just nothing for me there. Um, I'm not a gambling guy. I mean, I guess a Cirque du Soleil might be nice now and then, but, uh, there's really nothing for me there, but, um, there'd be no, there, I, I don't see, I don't see any reason why anyone would vote now. I mean, when the last time this happened, only the Orioles, the Angelos family voted no to the nationals because they thought they were going to take some of their cash away. And I get it. Otherwise it was unanimous. It was 31 or 29 to 30. So, um, I just admire these men and women that are taking times out of their lives and paying extra cash to fight for the A's. So mad, mad, mad respect. Come on back.
USA News, I'm Corey Myers. Donald Trump Jr. testified once more in the civil fraud trial involving the Trump Organization in New York. Speaking on behalf of the defense, he attributed charges against his father to an overzealous attorney general. It doesn't feel like, you know, we're playing by the rules, we're playing by a one-sided system of justice. The Trump family accused of exaggerating their wealth to secure more favorable loan agreements. House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries is indicating that Democrats may be open to backing the Republicans' temporary funding bill as a measure to avert a government shutdown scheduled for this Friday. Over the weekend, House Speaker Mike Johnson presented a controversial short-term plan aimed at extending government funding until February. In a letter sent yesterday to all House Democrats, Jeffries conveyed that they are actively reviewing the proposal put forth by by Republican leadership and engaging in discussions with fellow members. The House scheduled to consider Johnson's bill later this week. President Biden scheduled for an in-person meeting with Chinese President Xi Jinping in San Francisco tomorrow. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan told reporters yesterday that the two leaders will address some of the most fundamental elements in the relationship between Washington and Beijing. We're looking forward to a productive meeting. President Biden has a long history with President Xi. Their conversations are direct. They're straightforward. The restoration and reopening for the I-10 in downtown Los Angeles, which was damaged by a weekend fire, has not been officially determined. Los Angeles authorities are recommending commuters reconsider using public transit, explore alternative routes, or work from home until the affected section of the I-10 becomes operational again. This is USA News. I'd like to introduce you to our new sponsor, Get the Tea. Get the Tea carries all natural, non-GMO organic teas and supplements made in the USA. Get the Tea's ingredients are the purest available. My favorite is Life Change Tea. Life Change Tea is a gentle daily cleanse containing 12 herbs that when combined really keep things moving. I drink it every day and my energy has never been better. I'm feeling great. Life Change Tea comes in three delicious flavors, natural, peppermint, and pomegranate. It's an easy and delicious way to keep your digestion on track. And for those on the go, try D365. D365 is Life Change Tea in a Capsule. Drink the tea or take D365 capsules and keep your digestion running smoothly. Go to GetTheTea.com and enter discount code USA to get 10% off any size order. That's GetTheTea.com, discount code USA for 10% off your order. Marijuana users say it helps them get a good night's sleep more than medications even do. Washington State University led a study that compared marijuana to sleep aids like melatonin. More than 80% of pot users say smoking joints help them get better sleep. In fact, 60% got six to eight hours of sleep. How about some big shoes to go with your Big Mac? McDonald's is launching specially designed Crocs, and they're going to set you back 70 to 75 bucks when they debut Tuesday. In collaboration, the companies are introducing Crocs inspired by the mascots Grimace, Hamburglar, and Birdie, alongside a classic red and yellow color scheme. Each pair comes with matching socks, available for an additional $20. The custom-designed Crocs and socks will be accessible at Crocs retail outlets and through wholesale partners. I'm John Schaefer. 
cantaloupes being recalled in at least 10 states. That's according to the FDA. Sophia Produce recalling fruit bearing the Malachita label sold between October 16th and October 23rd due to the potential for salmonella contamination. Authorities are advising you if you have an affected fruit to dispose of it or return it to the store of purchase. I'm Corey Myers, USA News. This is Ron Barr. Be sure to check out Sports Byline and the 8-Side Network's outstanding eight-part podcast series, Behind the Barrier, Voices from the Negro Leagues. Hear Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, and others share their stories of the Negro Leagues, the challenges that the players face, and the importance of Negro League baseball to the game's history. Behind the Barrier is available now on the iHeart Podcast Network and all podcast platforms, including Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Stitcher, and Pandora. Check out Behind the Barrier. Do you have Medicare and do you use a CPAP machine? This is a national health care alert regarding your CPAP supplies. Using a clean CPAP mask and clean supplies is important to staying healthy. The best way to make sure your CPAP equipment is clean is to get new supplies. If you have Medicare, we have great news. Medicare will pay for you to have new clean supplies every 90 days. We'll even do all the paperwork for you to make sure that there's little to no out-of-pocket cost to you. And you don't even have to leave your home. We provide free in-home delivery. So if you're a CPAP user and you have Medicare, staying healthy with new CPAP equipment is easy. Just make this free phone call right now to get started. Sponsored by Specialty Medical. 800-913-9739. 800-913-9739. That's 800-913-9739. Rick Tittle knows his sports. I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh my gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon, fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch. All right. Thank you for that. And welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. And as you can see on my twitch.tv camera there, Stuart Thompson is with us. Hey. How you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Good. Let's get that mic a little bit. A little closer? Yeah, you can pull it up. You can move in. You can pull out. I'm uh, I'm doing quite well. How about you? I'm doing well, thank you. And exciting times because you'll be at the world-famous Punchline down here on Battery Street tonight and tomorrow. And Absolutely. Be- between those two shows, you're going to be recording an album. An album and a special. And a special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, we're putting it out on YouTube in a few months after the we record. And it'll be out on audio as well um, around the same time, if not soon after. I was thinking about, you know, we were talking during the break, but like Sam Rill, Mark Norman, Joe Liss, Shane Gillis... They all did their own YouTube thing because it's like the whole thing. We don't want straight white guys. So you, they throw it on YouTube. Sure. And then it gets monetized. Although Joe List had to remove the C word or they weren't going to monetize it. Uh-huh. So just be careful with that tonight. <laughs> yeah, I'll make, I'll make sure to <laughs> review the, <laughs> the word count. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's whether whatever people at certain networks are looking for. I mean, what's nice is that the barrier to entry is not as high as people previously thought it was. So if you can get people to, to 
come see you and you can get a good team around you to build uh, something that looks beautiful and sounds great, you can put it on your own. You can kind of control your destiny in a little bit, in a little way. I think it's interesting too, and we'll get into this when we come back, but when people say, hey, will you produce my special? And it's like, well, you're going to point a camera at me while I'm on stage, right? But there's, <laughs> it's more to it than that, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's, I've learned a lot through this process and, you know, how I want to approach something like this in the future. And, you know, I've, I'm definitely a wiser man for it. Very cool. So we will talk with uh, Stuart. He's in studio. Obviously, he'll be hanging out for a little while. At uh, 1040, we'll have the Tonight Show comedy writers, Rebecca Shaw and Ben Cronengold. They have a new book. Third hour, J.D. Sharp will be back to talk NFL. And also, we'll have author Mike Richmond, who's written a memoir on George Allen, Mr. Redskins. Yes, they called him that back then. Give me, give me a pass. Come on back. My passion about ancestry comes from the fact that I was an only child who didn't have family. I see all my friends doing family outings and family this, and I would spend weekends just lost in ancestry. My first one that I found was Liz. I was also an only child, and there were no big holiday gatherings where I got to know cousins or aunts. It's because of ancestry. We've kind of become bi-coastal besties. The holidays are meant to be shared with family. Start today during our holiday sale at Ancestry.com. Can your IRA stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is at our doorsteps? By allocating a percentage of your IRA into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from turbulent markets and economic downturns by putting your IRA back on the gold standard. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA. The only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Call now for your free gold and silver report. Protect your IRA today with one simple phone call and learn how to qualify for up to $10,000 in free silver. Call Genesis Gold Group, empowering faith-driven stewardship. 800-211-6008. That's 800-211-6008. Do you owe $10,000 or more on at least two federal student loans? Then you may qualify for new programs offered by the Department of Education. These programs can reduce your interest, lower your payments, and possibly qualify you for loan forgiveness. If you have $10,000 or more and at least two federal student loans and currently not in school, you may qualify for one of these programs. Call now to check your eligibility. Student Loan Advisors are standing by to help you determine if you qualify for these new programs. They can help you reduce your interest, lower your payment, and even forgive a portion of your student loan debt. Take control of your financial future. Make this free 5-minute free call now to Nationwide Student Loans and learn how you can reduce your student loan debt. 800-433-0539 800-433-0539 800-433-0539 That's 800-433-0539 Paid for by Fix My Student Loans This year, Staples wants everyone to have a happy holiday deal. 
That's right, Holla Deal. Staples Holla Deals are amazing savings on hot holiday tech. Great prices on laptops, game systems, earbuds, and more. And now at Staples, you can save up to $350 on select PCs. During Staples Holla Deals, it's not about the fa-la-la. It's about saving moolala. Save up to $350 on select PCs today at Staples. And 1118 in-store only. See associate for details. Hour two of titillating sports. You thought it couldn't get any better, but it's better. Rick Tittle is back. He's so great. I can't believe how awesome he is. More sports talk. Yes, couldn't get any better, but it's better. Rick Tittle is back. He's so great. I can't believe how awesome he is. More sports talk. Yes. Hour two of titillating sports. Hey. Check out Channel 9. Check out Rick Tittle. All right, check me out alongside comedian Stuart Thompson. He's going to be recording a special uh, tonight and tomorrow at the Punchline. Make sure to, to come on down here and get it. And you're wearing a Seals hat. Yeah. And you're a Bay Area guy. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Marin, Oakland. You went. You were a Highlander at Piedmont High, right? I was, yeah. I, yeah. I was born here in the city, and then we lived in Marin when, uh, until I was 10, and then we moved to the East Bay. Yeah. Where were you in Marin? We lived in a bunch of different places. We lived uh, We lived with my grandparents in Sebastopol. I don't Ooh. even know if that's Marin. I think it's Sonoma County. but <laughs> It is. <laughs> we, and then we, we lived in Bolinas. Uh, oh, wow. No yeah. cell phone coverage. Yeah. it's uh, yeah. No you, street signs. You want to be on another planet? You want to live? Uh, it's like being in witness protection. In a swamp. Yeah. I mean, it's my favorite place in the world, Bolinas. And, and then we lived in um, the Belvedere Tiburon area. Wow, very posh there, that one. Yeah, it's uh, schools are good, and um, we we lived there for a few years and um, moved when I was uh, ten. And you were in, you went to Cal, and you were in the band. Yeah, I was in the marching band. So I'm trying to think who the quarterback was. Was it Aaron Rodgers when you were there? No, Aaron Rodgers was I think like around '03, if okay. I remember correctly. I w- I went to school from '08, fall '08 to fall 2011. So. Kevin Riley was our, one of our quarterbacks. I think uh, Zach Maynard was our quarterback uh, at the end. No. Not a lot of great quarterbacks. The, the big star was Javid Best. Yeah, Javid Best went to my high school. Oh, yeah. Salesian High Salesian, in Richmond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah he would smoke uh, all my friends who did track uh, when I was in high school because he was a year ahead of me. And yeah. then um, they drafted they recruited him for football and so yeah as soon as long as and the the o-line could give him a lane even if we, we were on our one yard line he could beat people for a you know 100 <laughs> yard uh you know running touchdown but uh yeah those were the i mean the games were still fun i mean i got to see us you know beat stanford at home and away i i got to see us beat ucla at uc at the rose bowl uh we never beat sc during my time which um I would have loved to have seen, but uh, mm-hmm. we got to go to a couple bowl games. We got to go to the Emerald Bowl uh, here in the city. Right, and, uh, I was at that one. Yeah, we beat Miami there, and mm-hmm. then we got to go to the um, the Holiday Bowl another year in San Diego, mm-hmm. where we lost to Texas. But it was always super fun, and you know, I've never experienced more unconditional love. Uh, I mean, I love my family, and I will say they have unconditional love. But the the in a short period of time from fans of the band, people would come up to us and be like, "I love you." My kids love you. My parents love you. Wow. And they're like, if you knew how deranged we were <laughs> as a group of people, uh, maybe you'd think differently. But they loved our music, and we were a great band. Well, we love the you know the Napoleonic era uniforms and everything. Yeah. And that guy who runs out with the big fuzzy hat who tilts- The drum major. W- yeah. Way, way back. Yeah, that guy always has to have a big nose, too, for whatever <laughs> reason. 
But on the other hand, as crazy as you were, you guys were totally stuffed shirts compared to the ridiculously stupid Stanford band. They definitely have a different philosophy around like how they govern their band. I remember one big game uh, at at home. They each group would always dress as like a different theme. So like right. I, I, one group, they were all dressed as like those cigarette carton uh, sales <laughs> ladies from like the, the forties. And then right. uh, there was a whole nother group that were dressed as stormtroopers. Uh, the trombones were all like firefighters. And yeah, mm-hmm. so it's just different philosophy and it's kind of the scatter band kind of mentality, but we were more modeled after that, like Marine Corps band, yeah. Ohio state, uh, high stepping kind of thing. Well, when I was growing up, I'm a lot older than you on Sesame street, they would have an aerial shot of a college band that would form a letter, and it was the Cal Band. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, right there in Strawberry Canyon. Oh, wow. I would uh, have loved to have been a part of that. My uh, my friend Carson was went to Stanford. He was in the Stanford band, and he didn't play an instrument. Okay, what, so what did he do? So he, he said, can I be in the band? And they said, sure. And yeah. so he brought a kazoo. He brought a harmonica. Oh. He dressed weird, but he just said that that's how loose it was. Yeah, I remember there was someone playing like electric violin. I think someone was just like <laughs> hitting the head of another person. <laughs> it was, it was real. It, it, I mean, and I mean, we would play up the sort of the rivalry thing, but I mean, is it, you couldn't have a more diametrically opposed, um, you know, outlook than our two bands. Right. Um, I just on Saturday, I walked from my house in the East Bay, an hour and a half walk to the last Pac-12 game ever at Cal. Yeah, against that's so, Washington so, State. So wild. I kind of felt like it's all going away, but it's not. You'll play Clemson and Florida State and whatever. But it, it's just, it did feel like, I mean, and as always, it was a third full and it was hot as hell. That's mm-hmm. just the way it always is. Yeah. But it, it, it felt weird. Yeah. I, I don't, I really don't understand. I mean, I understand like mergers and acquisitions because that's what's, that seems to be the trend with a lot of like big companies mm-hmm. in this country. But like, I, I, the Cal football team is just going to live on a plane and like, yeah. I don't, I don't know what the band's going to do. Like, are they going to send people? Cause we would do like one big road trip. That's expensive. Yeah. And they would, they would send us like to, we get to do one road trip and it was a seniority thing. So we'd send like a bare bones, like one, one or two on a part group and they'd be in straw hats that's that was our other group the straw hat, the straw band. hat band anything that wasn't football mostly at haas was a straw hat band. yeah basketball volleyball games yeah. so you could you'd see us in our straw hats and our vests and all that and looking like we're about to be a barbershop quartet uh, <laughs> <laughs> with a lot of flair right all, all the flair all the yeah. flair. I, mean, I had caution tape all around my straw hat uh that i just found when we were marching around what was your instrument i played the trumpet oh okay yeah so, any yeah. solos mm, chuck the, mangione <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple traditional solos that would happen. Like Cal Band is so steeped in tradition. Like every part of the year, especially in the fall and in the, in the late summer, there was always a tradition. So when we first get together as a group and do a first rehearsal, they would we would play Stairway to Heaven. And there and the there's a first trumpet solo. I was second trumpet, so I was not entitled to this. But they would make a Newman, that's a first year trumpet, first trumpet player play this solo for stairway to heaven and it's most of the song like we're you know stairway is like eight minutes we're playing it's like a four minute version Mm -hmm. and so you have to nail it there's like instant pressure like you have to deliver right now and um so usually someone would be clutch and if we if, if they messed up we'd you know, mercilessly make fun of them but when they nailed it everyone would be like yeah and it builds that sort of group think 
uh, mentality. All right. It, it was it was more fratty than my fraternity. Uh, what frat were you in? I was in Sig Ep, Sigma okay, Phi Epsilon. Good. So yeah, it was. But like my fraternity seemed like a bunch of pilgrims compared to the <laughs> band. Just the level of partying and um, just mad energy. So what you're saying is the band was that you guys were not the nerds. I mean, it, they were they were and they weren't. It was like. At Cal and, and a lot of other schools that are super competitive like that, it was very work hard, play hard. And that was a big adjustment for me because I, I fancy myself a, a smart guy, but I was very work a little, play a little. And I would see these people, they're, <laughs> they're training. To Low be, energy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, and I, I, I'm deliberate, but I mean, I'm not trying to, like, be that intense all the time. Right. So uh, I find it exhausting. <laughs> and I find those people can be exhausting in, you know, big right. doses. So. I would I would see these people. They're training to be engineers, doctors, lawyers, teachers, and then on the weekend they're just like just full blown. Like we're gonna let it all hang yeah. out, and I mean, that's what made our the the band, and that's what made that student population um, so incredible. I remember my uh, buddy who I grew up with. He went to Stanford, and he said. And I went to see his friends, and they would go to the Dutch Goose, whatever. But you're right. They had all this pressure. They were inheriting daddy's business, and they were all from <laughs> Long Island or whatever. And, and so they had all this pressure on them. They were all valedictorians. Mm -hmm. And so they would, they were probably some of the most reckless, horrific, embarrassing drunks I've ever seen. It's a lot of pressure to – and if no one teaches you how to handle that, mm -hmm. how to channel that – then you could be down for the count. <laughs> we are here to tell you how to channel those emotions, and we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Stuart Thompson at the Punchline tonight and tomorrow. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back. Do you have Medicare and do you use a CPAP machine? This is a national health care alert regarding your CPAP supplies. Using a clean CPAP mask and clean supplies is important to staying healthy. The best way to make sure your CPAP equipment is clean is to get new supplies. If you have Medicare, we have great news. Medicare will pay for you to have new clean supplies every 90 days. We'll even do all the paperwork for you to make sure that there's little to no out-of-pocket cost to you. And you don't even have to leave your home. We provide free in-home delivery. So if you're a CPAP user and you have Medicare, staying healthy with new CPAP equipment is easy. Just make this free phone call right now to get started. Sponsored by Specialty Medical. 800-913-9739. 800-913-9739. That's 800-913-9739. Attention homeowners, it's not if something's going to break, it's when. That's homeownership. If your dryer, your refrigerator, or your AC and heating breaks, that's an expensive call. And who do you call? Make it easy on yourself and call Choice Home Warranty. We've already done the research and have access to 25,000 technicians that can be at your home quickly. We've covered close to 2 million homes in the United States. There's a good chance your neighbors work with us. Call us right now before the next breakdown. 
We'll tell you everything that's covered in your home and give you the first month free with our ironclad 30-day money-back guarantee. Call now and learn how to get your free month. 800-392-7027. That's 800-392-7027. Limitations and exclusions apply. First month free with purchase of single plan. Visit choicehomewarranty.com for more details. Remember in the beginning, when you first started to build a life for you and your family, you never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. If you owe $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you qualify to receive a free, no-obligation consultation on how to get rid of that debt for good. Call the Debt Helpline now. We work on your behalf to reduce your debt. We specialize in credit cards, retail store cards, and medical bills. One simple call is all it takes to get the ball rolling to a debt-free life. Stop living with debt and start living your dreams. Call the Debt Helpline now. 800 943 2153. 800 943 2153. That's 800 I wish you would try and slap Rick Tittle's mama's face. He would clown you. Wow, that's not very nice. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast around the world on American Forces Network. Comedian Stuart Thompson is here. You can see him on our twitch.tv camera as well. Uh, he's recording a live album and a special tonight and uh, tomorrow at the uh, Punchline and for continuity's sake, you need the same outfit and hairdo, right? Yeah, got to make sure that uh, the the moose is all right and, <laughs> and, and the shirts uh, not doesn't have pit stains on Wednesday. So I have to ask you, and I think it's probably mostly fans my age, but have people ever heard your name and think, "Oh, kids in the hall, I love him." Um, I've heard Scott Thompson before because I've had so many hosts like uh, butcher my name, uh, and I don't, I don't see it as a butcherable name. It seems very common to me, but yeah. I've heard a lot of Scott Thompson. I've heard you know Spencer Thomas. I've heard a bunch. <laughs> I, I've Thomas. heard one person called me Larry Thompson. I was like, where'd Larry come from? <laughs> like. <laughs> Rhymes with Stewart. <laughs> yeah, how'd you, how'd you pull that out of your out, out of um, out of nowhere? And so I was, I, but yeah, when I and, and Caratop's real name is Scott Thompson, actually. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, that. so there. Wow. Yeah, so it's uh, there's two people I could conceivably be confused for, but uh, if you see me, <laughs> we know uh, we're all different. But uh, yeah, I've gotten that once or twice, but no one's like, "Hey, were you in Kids in the Hall?" Because they know I'm like, <laughs> I was way you too know, young. I was barely a fetus. <laughs> <laughs> by that time uh so you know I, I saw the other day and he's very open about it um but michael keaton the actor he's mm-hmm. michael douglas 
Okay. But he got to Hollywood and they're like, that name is taken. Mm-hmm. But everything else in his life, you know, he's like, I'm, I'm Mike Douglas. You know, yeah. Don't. Because there's a Mike Douglas and a Michael Douglas. Yeah, there's so. a Mike Douglas show, and then there was, yeah, Michael Douglas the actor. Absolutely. This is another anecdote that I probably shouldn't tell because it's not interesting. But I remember seeing an interview with Michael J. Fox, and yeah. he got to Hollywood, and there was a Michael Fox. Yep. And they go, you have to use your middle initial. What's mm-hmm. your middle name? And he's like, it's Andrew. He goes, you can't be Michael A. Fox. <laughs> and he goes, well, then what do I do? And I go, how about J? Yeah. So they just threw it in. Yeah, it's alliterative. If you did have a nom de plume, what do you think you would go with? It's funny you mention that because I'm I may have to actually go undergo that uh, pretty soon. It is it's not a big change, but I'm uh, about to be shooting a pilot for a TV show. Great. Uh, later this year, and uh, there's there are other Stuart Thompsons in the business. If you look up on IMDb, there's like 25 of them. <laughs> uh, I didn't realize it. I didn't. I thought it was just me and every third guy in Scotland. <laughs> but there. But I'm probably have to use my middle initial with which is B. Could and, you go with Stu? Uh, the problem that I have with Stu is like that feels like a completely different person. Yeah, like that's not you, and I, yeah, it's not me. I, I always introduce myself as Stuart, and after it, you know, if you want to call me Stu, or if you know, my mom calls me Stu, or if, you know, I have friends that call me Stewie, but I'm right. never going to introduce myself that way. I remember watching Mrs. Doubtfire, and Pierce Brosnan's character's name is Stu, and he goes by Stu, and I remember seeing like, well, I'm not Pierce Brosnan <laughs> at his peak. <laughs> As a young, handsome actor in the nineties, he's distinguished now. But like, he was like the guy in you know the early to mid nineties. I was like, I'm not that. So like, I always uh, go with Stuart. But I'm, Stuart B. Thompson is probably what I'm going to do as an actor. And then there's Stuart Smalley and Stuart Little. Another yeah, famous Stuarts. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the the name confusion because someone on Instagram hit me up thinking I was. Uh, a Broadway producer who went by Stuart Thompson wow. who had like just died and uh, so they <laughs> they were hitting me up like basically trying to like pitch for me to produce a musical for them and it was during the pandemic and I had nothing to do and I was like <laughs> let's see how far this will go <laughs> let me see if I can produce the reboot of Mean Girls <laughs> and um, and it didn't go too far but I, I think they I was like my picture does not show an almost dead guy <laughs> I, I hopefully have wow. a little bit of life left in me. But I I get where you're at because my full name is Richard, and to yeah. me that's such a stuffy name. I, yeah. d- I don't hate it, but, but like if I'm at the doctor or I'm like my teachers at the beginning of the year would would say Richard, and I'm like, and my dad named me Rick after Rick Barry, who was the, a rookie on the Warriors. Oh, wow. I was born in 1965. <laughs> Same year. You, what, what year was your dad born? 61. Okay, see. Well, let me tell you, my son, we're very proud of you. <laughs> you. You do look a little like my dad, which is kind of funny. Oh, like, I, Lord. There's a, there's a contingent of men in yours and my dad's age range that like that that all look very similar to me. And it's I don't know if it's just like the nature of like the types of immigrants that came to San Francisco mm-hmm. or people that moved here. But like there's just a kind of look like my dad used to get mistaken for Al Gore here in the city in the 90s because like there was like an overlap in them looking very similar. Does he, does he similar. start parting his hair at his ear like Al Gore? <laughs> <laughs> I think he might have at the time. His hair just got very dark, and like he had that kind of those similar features, similar nose. Mm-hmm. And then now they don't look anything alike. But there was a time where people were like, "Holy, shit, that's the, oh sorry, that's all right, that's all right. Holy moly, that's <laughs> that's the vice president." Well, it's weird too because I remember when I started working in te- I worked in television here in San Francisco all through the nineties, and there was a lot of Boston and New York guys. And I noticed that all the Boston guys were kind of these short, little, chubby Irish guys. Mm-hmm. They kind of looked like Matt Damon would be the handsome version of that. Sure. The yeah. little pudgy, yeah. you know, Irish guy. 
And it's just one, one, one after the other, Boston, Boston, Boston. And then I started working with a guy who was from San Jose who looked exactly like that. And yeah. I remember thinking, it's not just Boston. And then we sat down and he's like, well, you know, my parents are from Boston. And I was like, ah. There's a there's a genetic kind yeah. of uh, origin, I guess. Uh, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, there, there, I just remember there was a lot of people that I grew up who, and there was a lot of guy, people's dads that looked very similar to, to my dad and uh, mm-hmm. the guys that my dad played soccer with. And it was just, very, it was very funny. Where'd your dad go to high school? He went to Redwood in Marin. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, by the time he graduated, I was in junior high. So, <laughs> um, now I'm interested too, that you're a store guy yeah. and over the years I've, you know, in studio, a lot of store guys from, uh, you know, Bobby and, and Ari and, mm-hmm. and those guys. And, and if you go there and I go there uh, at least once a year, the guy working the door is going to probably do a couple minutes while you're getting seated, mm-hmm. you know? So how many, how many years did you do that? I worked there almost five years. So like the beginning of 2012 through the end of 2016. Did you, uh, Mitzi was dead by then, I would assume. No, Mitzi died a few years after. Oh, I'm, really? I forget. It might've been 2018. I'm, I'm a little fuzzy on the detail, but I remember oh. it was after. I, I did see Mitzi, I think three times while I was working. You never went up to the office though. Um, I went up to Polly's office, which is okay. next to Mitzi's office. And I think I've been in Mitzi's office since, but I don't know if it was while I was working there. Did he say, Hey buddy, <laughs> dude, it's like a whole thing, right? <laughs> I needed to go to pink dot at the end of the block, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! But, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I did. I was sometimes that guy cold opening the show. I worked Christmas night two wow. years in a row, and that was the treat. Now the door guys are cold opening every show uh, in the main room in the original room, and but cold opening the OR was a once a year thing if you worked Christmas mm-hmm. and uh, they called it a very Jewish Christmas because there'd be like a Chinese food buffet yeah. in the main room because there was no show it was just the original room show uh, at the comedy store and I would do five minutes because uh, and that was my reward that was my gift uh, for working <laughs> for avoiding my family <laughs> right I, I one time when I, we were starting 95.7 FM here the very first Christmas my boss said um I need you and this other guy, John, I need you to do Christmas morning because everybody else's reruns and we want to mm-hmm. show that we, we don't do reruns. We're going to be here. Wow. And I'm like, okay. And I got on the air and I said, John and I are here because we want to prove that we don't do reruns. We're live and no one loves us. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I could think of. <laughs> We're live and lonely here at 95.7. Um, so uh, how often do you still do? I mean, is your name written on the store on the outside? Not yet, but I... That would be amazing. It, it, it's a, it is a dream of mine, and I would love to do that. I did get to do something really cool at the Comedy Store uh, recently. I um, I, got, I got featured in the New York Times this past Sunday. Great. Uh, in the opinion section, a um, reporter hit me up, wanted to know about what it's like performing comedy while the world's on fire. <laughs> and so I, you know, I, I told her about, you know, how I, I try to just come into every moment on stage with an open mind and an open heart. And I know, I know my heart is good and you know, I just try to connect and that Mm -hmm. connection between the audience and me, there's something a little extra than what each of us brings individually. And that extra is sort of the magic of, you know, show Mm -hmm. business and and a comedy show. So, uh, we did, but we had to do a photo shoot. They wanted a quote and they wanted a photo. So, uh, the comedy store was nice enough to have us there last week. And we, um, did a photo shoot on the main room stage. And I remember as a guy working the phones at the comedy store, I worked every Wednesday for like four years and a real, a real, you know, low energy shift. 
eleven to three. Not much is happening there. Right. You know, mostly people just ca- calling saying like, "Hey, what time's the nine o'clock show start?" It's like, <laughs> "What? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> uh, are you alive right now?" <laughs> but two cool things did happen while I was working there, and one of them happened in the main room. I remember, you know, there's there's certain things in show business that my parents are not fully going to get. I'll enjoy it, but it may not be the thing that is going to get them going or feel excited about my career or mm-hmm. what I'm adjacent to. But this is a, a you know a text your mom kind of moment. So I remember I was just walking through the main room, I'm about to turn on like the the lights and turn on the air, air conditioning, like I do before my shift my shift ends, and I see Oprah mm. interviewing Arsenio Hall in the main room with CNN cameras. He was bringing back his talk show at the time. This was maybe 2012, 2013. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a moment I, I text my mom. I was like, Oprah's interviewing Arsenio. <laughs> and, and my mom's like, oh, that is cool. <laughs> uh, the other the other cool moment was... Um, I got I, like 30 seconds. Can I, you get it in? I got to see Jerry Seinfeld and Gary Shandling do Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. Oh, uh, yeah. The they were store. in the OR and he yeah. talked about how the waitress went on the stage and everything. Yeah, I was working the door or working the phones. That is very cool. Stuart Thompson, see him at the Punchline tonight and tomorrow and maybe you'll hear your laughter on the special. Thanks for coming in, man. Thanks so much, Rick. I really appreciate it. All right. Another East Bay guy. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back. Here's a message just for the attorneys out there. So you passed the bar, joined a firm, or even built your own. Now are you finding out that you're doing more administration than actual law practice? Lexicon can help. Lexicon is a legal technology provider with over a decade of experience streamlining administrative tasks like timekeeping, billing, and more. So you can focus on maximizing billable hours and increasing client satisfaction. Call 855-4-LEXICON or visit lexiconservices.com go to learn more. One out of two Americans thinks their life is worthy of a book. Here's another startling stat. You may be one of the 15% of people who bothered to start your book and one of the 6% that got halfway through it, but your gem of an idea likely died. Or did it? Some published authors are making significant money. So join the ranks of the successful people that finish their books with help from Dorrance Publishing. Call right now and our experienced editors and writers will explain to you what it's going to take to get your book completely written, published, and then taken to market to sell it. It's a free consultation, so call right now. Find out how much time and money it takes to finally get that book idea of yours published. Make your dreams happen. Call Doran's Publishing right now. 800-485-6003. 800-485-6003. That's 800-485-6003. Everyone watches more than five hours of television. Really? And that's not counting mobile viewing. Get Dish TV and make that time worth it. With Dish, you can get hundreds of channels, access to all kinds of sports, tons of movies, premium channels, and more. Another thing that's really cool with Dish is you can watch most of your favorite shows on your mobile device anywhere for a lot less than cable. Yes, that's right. We are asking you to watch more TV and not less TV, but make it better television with Dish this time, anytime, anywhere. So call right now and learn how easy it is to save on your television bill and get the most out of your TV viewing experience. Dial that number and I promise you we're here waiting for your call because we want to save you money and give you better television. We are Dish TV. 800-293-0328. 800-293-0328. 
That's 800-293-0328. Are you looking to improve your baseball swing? You need the Rip Grip Pro. Co-created by Dodgers, AAA star Drew Avins, the Rip Grip Pro will help you stay palm up, palm down, and pull the barrel of the bat through the zone instead of pushing it. Check out Drew's videos at ripgrippro.com and you'll see how this can help you or the baseball player in your family improve your ABs. Get the adjustability in your swing that you need. Go to ripgrippro.com. That's ripgrippro.com. What kind of music do you usually have here? Oh, we got both kinds. We got country and western. Tittle ate 200 chicken wings at your mama's house last night. Now back to Fat Boy. All right, that hurts my feelings. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. There is a brand new book that uh, is uh, out uh, from William Morrow Press. And it's a nice little paperback called Naked in the Rideshare Stories of Gross Miscalculations by our guests, Rebecca Shaw and Ben Cronengold. Rebecca, um, we'll start with you, ladies first. Um, first of all, you and Ben, you guys are kind of a team, aren't you? We are. Um, in more ways than one, Ben and I are a writing team. Uh, we got hired together to write sketch comedy for The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon. Um, we now have a book out together, and we also recently got engaged. So uh, we're all, it's all eggs, one basket. <laughs> okay, very good. Uh, ben, for you, um, mm. working with someone who is so talented like yourself <laughs> and uh, is also your friend and colleague, but then again, you guys are together 24-7. Is that kind of a double-edged sword? Oh, yeah. It's definitely a work-life balance doesn't super exist in our lives, but I think it means we're productive. We have a lot of fun together. We start every day you know, pitching each other ideas or characters or sketches to write. So it's uh, it's a lot tied up uh, in one basket, as Rebecca said, but I don't think we'd have it any other way, at least for now. Um, so did you guys both, are you both Yaleys or one of you? That's right. Both of us, we met freshman year, started dating something like the first week. Uh, our anniversary is like August 25th or something pretty crazy when you think about the uh, college orientation schedule but yeah that's how we that's how we met so do you think then um rebecca when you get married and have a real anniversary you'll kind of forget the when we met yale one or that'll still be held in in great esteem you know i it's a really good question it's kind of hard to imagine any other day than the one we have right now it feels like there's so much to celebrate then it was you know, the first time he really made me laugh, which, you know, is something that we now spend a lot of time trying to do on a professional scale. Um, so I don't know. I don't think we want to get rid of it quite yet. So, um, Ben, you guys did the graduation speech together. Everyone knew you guys were hilarious and they're like, do it together. <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, we weirdly enough auditioned for it. Yale has a lot of weird traditions, but one of them is there's a you know traditional valedictory address. We were not uh, even close to being the valedictorians, but we were uh, able to do this sort of more comedic address that they do year after year, and for whatever reason, right time, right place, ours blew up and caught uh, yeah Jimmy Fallon's attention. You know, it's interesting, Rebecca. I know two people who went to Yale, and I was almost begrudgingly, like one wanted to go to Cornell and the other one wanted to go to Columbia, but they couldn't say no to Yale because it's like, mm. you know, it's like, I don't really like New Haven, but I can't say no to Yale. Is that kind of true? <laughs> you know, I think we both really, really wanted to go there. I think the intersection of really smart, interesting people, but uh, honestly, a very cool art scene was what drew us both there in the first place. I also have to say I am such a New Haven defender. I love the food there. The pizza is fantastic. The, you know, Thai food, arepas, it's all amazing. So if you have a chance at any point to swing by there, eat your way through it. What, what, I certainly did. What's the restaurant called? Um, the, the famous pizza place is Pepe's Pizza. No, the Thai place. Oh, the Thai place. There's a few of them. We, we used to go to um, Tali too a lot. I don't know if that's still there. Mm-hmm, Thai um, taste. Just so many different, yeah, uh, cultures. It's almost like it's it's almost like New York in a lot of ways. A, a lot of great chefs open their like second restaurant there, or up and coming chefs open their first restaurant. Also a New Haven defender over here. Yeah, it's it's a it's a really special place. All right, I love the loyalty. Um, we're <laughs> speaking with Rebecca Sean Ben Cronenberg, the new book Naked in the Rideshare. Would you? I don't know if you'll get this reference, but as as comedy lifers, you probably will. But mm. for um, would you guys consider yourselves a better looking version of Stiller and Mirror, <laughs> or a worse looking version of Nichols and May, perhaps? <laughs> um, yeah, we adore those sort of couples. We both uh, came up listening to them. Uh, our parents were both from Queens, and that was sort of right in the pocket of what they loved growing up to. So if any comparisons, good-looking or or better-looking or worse-looking, we're happy to take. Oh, yeah. Rebecca, one of my favorite shows ever is Larry Sanders, and I think about the the writing room there. So when you're working on uh, Fallon, how much of the writing room is like we see on Larry Sanders, and how much of that is faux? (laughs) Ooh, it's a good question. Um... You know, I mean, one thing that we really learned on the show is just because they're producing five shows a week, it's a lot more individual between the writers than you think. I mean, we love nothing more than collaborating with people and we have the opportunity of doing it. But you spend less time, you know, around a big table than I think we would have expected going in. Um, But I don't know if you've had a chance to see this, but Jimmy's, I believe, five-year anniversary on The Tonight Show, he did an amazing Larry Sanders show parody. The entire episode was shot like that, and uh, it was just fantastic. I did so not. Absolutely worth watching. Oh, I got to see that. Um, yeah. So, Ben, for you, when you think about your your generation, and every generation has a lot to point at, but it's a generation unlike anything we've we've ever seen before everybody is yeah. is famous everybody has their own broad mm-hmm. broadcasting ability everyone has a, a voice for the world to hear it's an interesting yeah. and you guys i mean as i said it's kind of a target rich environment for poking fun at yeah no that's absolutely right it's also just like it's a very weird time to be growing up social media like you mentioned is probably uh number one but also like the weird crap that we've been through with the pandemic and the economy and um, climate change. I mean, like this generation can't really catch a break. And I think that they've turned to comedy to almost like cope with it. And so the fact that we get to 
crisis collection and try to do this love letter slash roast essentially of uh, our generation and what it's like to grow up right now and the absurdities of adulthood. It's a very lucky thing. Rebecca, it's so hard as, uh, well, maybe you don't know because you guys hit it off right away, but to find someone who gets you, you know, and like, oh, what, absolutely. yeah, and it's like, you don't think that's funny. And so when I hear people <laughs> review you guys and say you're just a little bit weird, how amazing <laughs> is it that you found someone else who is the right kind of weird for each other? Oh, it's the best. I mean, we should only be so lucky as to get weirder together over time. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling we will. And by the way, Ben, Harvard kind of like cornered the market, uh, or maybe, you know, Georgetown too with, with Kroll and, and Birbiglia and Mullaney and those guys. But I yeah. mean, Harvard, so many, isn't it about time for Yale to get their writing chops out there? I mean, that's what we're trying to say. <laughs> no, it's interesting. I mean, the Lampoon is this amazing institution. They are just a powerhouse. And I think, you know, if we had maybe <laughs> known that we wanted to be comedy writers going into college, I don't know if anyone applies to Harvard or the Lampoon, but maybe that would have been more of our path. We thought that we would be lawyers, speech writers, you know, Rebecca was going to get her PhD. And Yale just has this really vibrant, wonderful um, performance uh, culture that I think it is somewhat known for, of course, because of the Yale School of Drama, but it trickles into these amazing improv groups and sketch groups stand up so if you're ever in new haven and you finish eating <laughs> you should go <laughs> see some of these amazing uh sort of like live comedy performances that, that yale is becoming i think a little bit more uh, known for these days ben i'm gonna say probably not a lot of laughs with the uh the skull and bones were, were you in the brotherhood of death <laughs> <laughs> that's a great question you know if you pick up our book rebecca and i have a section where we admit uh, whether or not we were in some of these secret societies. Um, I'll give you the, the scoop right now and to say we were. We talk about it a little bit in depth in the book and even name the societies that we were in. So neither of us were brothers and sisters of the, of the crossbones, as it were. But uh, some of our best friends are from these odd little secret societies that are peppered all over campus. I love, too, Rebecca, in the, the book, you guys kind of take a little shot at how people text each other as well and uh you know i'm in my 50s so sometimes you know like what's irl and i'm like it's in real life so like it's it's almost a different language yeah it really is and i mean one thing that we're really hoping comes across in the book is you know thanksgiving's coming up we're about to all be sitting down across the table from people who feel generations if not light years apart from each other so i think one thing that we're really excited about is that humor really can be that common bridge and the slang changes as you said the fashion changes but you know so many of the stories in our book deal with coming of age in one way or another and you know those feelings of you know your friend suddenly moving ahead in their career without you or feeling like an imposter syndrome at work or not being able to move out of your parents house those are all things that have been true for generations so we're hoping it becomes a jumping off point to also connect with people of different ages by the way rebecca and your website it looks like your dog is beating you in chess <laughs> i said i was a comedian i never said i was an intellect <laughs> <laughs> and ben i looked on yours and it looks yeah. like something over here from highway one um on the west coast i don't know where that is it looks like highway one but that's right yeah but good eye that was taken in san francisco yeah that's i was exactly gonna say right. Great. And, yeah. uh, but it also says you're the bachelor. And I guess now that you've, uh, asked her, your betrothed, that, that you got to take that off, huh? 
That is correct. That is um, from last season. I was replaced last minute once they realized I was a worse-looking version of Mike Nichols. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we let you go, uh, Rebecca, your favorite story-slash-anecdote in Naked in the Rideshare is? Oof. Um, uh, mine is actually a nonfiction piece in the book. It is uh, a list that we wrote called Actual Things Ben's Mother Tells People He Does for a Living. It's a long, <laughs> long list, and Comedian is not on it, if you can believe it. <laughs> and Ben, how about you? Oh, there are so many that I love. We have a story called My College Friend, the Pope, about these two post-grad girls who have always been, like Rebecca said, right on the same track career-wise. And then they sit down one day, and one of them has really exciting news that she can't wait to share. The, co- the uh, College of Cardinals got together last week, and they chose her to be the next pope. And the other friend is like, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> and it's that feeling of like, oh, my God, I'm so jealous of my friend. We've all been there. We all have friends like that. So we just like to take things up a notch and sort of tell these absurd stories that get at these emotional realities of being young right now. Well, everybody loves this book. Will Farrell, your friend Jimmy Fallon, Mindy Kaling, uh, the aforementioned Nick Kroll. It is called Naked in the Rideshare, Stories of Gross Miscalculations and uh, from William Morrow Press. We've been speaking with Rebecca Shaw and Ben Cronengold. Hey, congratulations, you two, in more ways than one, huh? Thank you. It means a lot to us. Thanks for having us on. Thanks for the thoughtful conversation. All right. uh, You're welcome. It's our pleasure. We'll take a quick break, and we will come on back right here on Sports Byline. Hey, airline travelers, let's say you have a problem and you need to change or cancel an existing airline reservation. What do you do? Well, Skywatch is a free service that can help anyone with any airline reservation fix it. Whether you want to cancel it, change your dates, or add passengers, we can help fix your airline reservations so you get exactly what you need. We've updated our computer database and now have access to every airline around the globe. So now you can make one phone call, regardless of who booked your airline tickets, and we'll change it, cancel it, and fix it for you. We know the insider secrets to fixing reservations that the airline Airlines don't want you to know about. So if you need to cancel, change, or modify an existing airline reservation, call Skywatch right now. It's a free call, so let us fix it for you. 855-325-5647. 855-325-5647. That's 855-325-5647. Life insurance is one of those things that just about everybody needs, but few people actually have. Hey, if you die unexpectedly without life insurance, guess what? You'll leave your family with even a bigger mess. Life insurance will help replace your family's income. It'll help cover burial expenses. Life insurance can even help pay off debt like credit cards and medical bills. Life insurance can even pay for college. And if you own a business and you die, life insurance can help your business from collapsing. It can even help cover estate taxes. Life insurance has never been more affordable and needed. Plus, you can always shop around even if you have a plan and save some money. So call the Life Insurance Quote Line right now for free Pricing information. 
That's 800-915-9654. Can your IRA stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is at our doorsteps? By allocating a percentage of your IRA into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from turbulent markets and economic downturns by putting your IRA back on the gold standard. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Call now for your free gold and silver report. Protect your IRA today with one simple phone call and learn how to qualify for up to $10,000 in free silver. Call Genesis Gold Group, empowering faith-driven stewardship. 800-211-6008. 800-211-6008. 800-211-6008. That's 800-211-6008. Can I be real with you right now? I mean, like, really, really real? Yes. I just thought about going out there for the second half, and a little bit of pee came out. Rick Tittle, you done broke my heart, but I still take you back. You hella fine. Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. One more hour to go. Um, that was an interesting thing. The the Yankees named a new hitting coach yesterday, James Rosen, whoever that is. He was in the farm system, and apparently Aaron Judge is friends with him. Uh, they have to get a new bench coach because Carla Mendoza is now managing across the river in Queens. But when Cashman was asked about Stanton at the GM meetings, he said, Mike Stanton, Giancarlo, he said, we got to get Stanton up and running. He's injury prone. We have all lived and known that. But he's never not hit when he's playing. And this year is the first time that happened. We try to limit the time he's down, but I'm not going to tell you he's going to play every game next year because he's not. He's going to wind up getting hurt again, more likely than not, because it seems to be part of his game. But I know that when he's right and healthy... Other than this last year, he's a great hitter. <laughs> he is going to wind up getting hit again, hurt again because it's part of his game. So Cameron Maven tweeted, you know, I agree with everything you said here, except the big G part, and I'll leave it here. I'm not putting words in his mouth, so I'm not sure he wants to finish his career in pinstripes. I'm sure he'd like to finish somewhere that truly appreciates and how to handle him. Oof. And then Stanton's agent, Joel Wolf said, I read the context of the entire interview. I think it's a good reminder for all free agents considering signing in New York, both, both foreign and domestic, that to play for that team, you have got to be made of Teflon, both mentally and physically, but you can never let your guard down, even in the offseason. <laughs> wow. I remember Eric Chavez said, I'll never play for the Yankees because I don't want any part of that scrutiny. So he played for the Yankees. 
Wow. How about Cashman just coming out swinging? He's a great player, except last year he sucked. And he's always hurt. But when he's healthy, he's good, except last year. And this year, he'll get healthy because that's what he do. Couldn't happen to a nicer team. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back. USA News, I'm Corey Myers. Donald Trump Jr. testified once more in the civil fraud trial involving the Trump Organization in New York. Speaking on behalf of the defense, he attributed charges against his father to an overzealous attorney general. It doesn't feel like, you know, we're playing by the rules, we're playing by a one-sided system of justice. The Trump family accused of exaggerating their wealth to secure more favorable loan agreements. House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries is indicating that Democrats may be open to backing the Republicans' temporary funding bill as a measure to avert a government shutdown scheduled for this Friday. Over the weekend, House Speaker Mike Johnson presented a controversial short-term plan aimed at extending government funding until February. In a letter sent yesterday to all House Democrats, Jeffries conveyed that they are actively reviewing the proposal put forth by by Republican leadership and engaging in discussions with fellow members. The House scheduled to consider Johnson's bill later this week. President Biden scheduled for an in-person meeting with Chinese President Xi Jinping in San Francisco tomorrow. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan told reporters yesterday that the two leaders will address some of the most fundamental elements in the relationship between Washington and Beijing. We're looking forward to a productive meeting. President Biden has a long history with President Xi. Their conversations are direct. They're straightforward. The restoration and reopening for the I-10 in downtown Los Angeles, which was damaged by a weekend fire, has not been officially determined. Los Angeles authorities are recommending commuters reconsider using public transit, explore alternative routes, or work from home until the affected section of the I-10 becomes operational again. This is USA News. I'd like to introduce you to our new sponsor, Get the Tea. Get the Tea carries all natural, non-GMO organic teas and supplements made in the USA. Get the Tea's ingredients are the purest available. My favorite is Life Change Tea. Life Change Tea is a gentle daily cleanse containing 12 herbs that when combined really keep things moving. I drink it every day and my energy has never been better. I'm feeling great. Life Change Tea comes in three delicious flavors, natural, peppermint, and pomegranate. It's an easy and delicious way to keep your digestion on track. And for those on the go, try D365. D365 is Life Change Tea in a Capsule. Drink the tea or take D365 capsules and keep your digestion running smoothly. Go to GetTheTea.com and enter discount code USA to get 10% off any size order. That's GetTheTea.com, discount code USA for 10% off your order. 
Marijuana users say it helps them get a good night's sleep more than medications even do. Washington State University led a study that compared marijuana to sleep aids like melatonin. More than 80% of pot users say smoking joints help them get better sleep. In fact, 60% got six to eight hours of sleep. How about some big shoes to go with your Big Mac? McDonald's is launching specially designed Crocs, and they're going to set you back 70 to 75 bucks when they debut Tuesday. In collaboration, the companies are introducing Crocs inspired by the mascots Grimace, Hamburglar, and Birdie, alongside a classic red and yellow color scheme. Each pair comes with matching socks, available for an additional $20. The custom-designed Crocs and socks will be accessible at Crocs retail outlets and through wholesale partners. I'm John Schaefer. Cantaloupes being recalled in at least 10 states. That's according to the FDA. Sophia Produce recalling fruit bearing the Malachita label sold between October 16th and October 23rd due to the potential for salmonella contamination. Authorities are advising you if you have an affected fruit to dispose of it or return it to the store of purchase. I'm Corey Myers, USA News. This is Ron Barr. Be sure to check out Sports Byline and the 8-Side Network's outstanding 8-part podcast series, Behind the Barrier, Voices from the Negro Leagues. Hear Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, and others share their stories of the Negro Leagues, the challenges that the players face, and the importance of Negro League baseball to the game's history. Behind the Barrier is available now on the iHeart Podcast Network and all podcast platforms, including Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Stitcher, and Pandora. Check out Behind the Barrier. Has someone in your family lost a job recently and now you can't afford your mortgage payment? Or do you have a rental property and your tenants aren't paying you? Quick Cash Offer can come to the rescue and pay you cash for your home immediately. Yes, sell your home and get cash all over the phone without dealing with real estate agents and risking your safety by showing your home to lukewarm buyers. You don't need to lose your home to foreclosure. If you have any equity in your home, we will buy it and give you cash within days, all in a simple over-the-phone and virtual process. Call Quick Cash Offer now before the economy gets worse. Sell a home you can't afford or just don't want to get the cash you need today. 800-788-1495. 800-788-1495. 800-788-1495. That's 800-788-1495. Rick Tittle knows his sports. I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh my gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon, fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, coast to coast. No open lines yet, but I am. I think I'm going to have some at 11.25. Mike Richmond, who's wrote the big book on George Allen, A Football Life, forward by Dick Vermeil. Yes, uh, at 11.40. And then J.D. Sharp's supposed to show up after this, but 11.25 Pacific, we should have time. 
By the way, this vote in Arlington, Texas, about the A's moving to Vegas, which will be approved, um, just need two-thirds. The chairman of the executive council, to take a look at this, are three owners. Kansas City Royals' John Sherman, who looks like a Civil War colonel who was wounded at Antietam thrice. The um, Philadelphia Phillies owner, John Middleton, who looks like the Geico caveman wearing vineyard vines. And then Mark Atanasio, the Brewers owner, who just told everyone, Craig Council is no longer a part of my community. And he looks like his nickname in high school was Jackass Jones. So these are... (laughs) It's very easy to take pot shots at people on how they look. And um, I probably shouldn't do that because it's not nice. And they can take pot shots at how ugly I am, too. That's fine. But they just look like complete freaks. And But they're not dumb. They know how to make money. And what they're going to say is, yes to Vegas. Y-E-S-V-E gas. Rick, that doesn't make any sense. I know. As I said, last time a team moved, 2004, and the vote was 29 to 1. Only the Orioles were like, hey, this is our territory. Technically, Vegas was the territory of the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers and the Angels and the Rockies, and they all said, screw it. We'll give it all up. We won't even charge you $500 million to move the team expansion fee, so it'll be a slam dunk. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back. This is a true sad story for ADT, the leader in home security systems. My favorite dog, Oliver, was stolen from our garage recently. If I had a camera system installed in my home from ADT, I would have known exactly what car possibly pulled up in my driveway and stole my little friend. If I had a security system from ADT, my dog would still be here. I called ADT this weekend, and they're coming out in a few days to install a camera and a new security system. Unfortunately, it's a little too late for me. Listen, protect everyone you love in your family. Call ADT now. Have them come out and give you a quote to install a full security system in your home. Don't let it be too late for you. Call right now. Paid for by the Home Security Hotline. 800-361-3491. 800-361-3491. That's 800-361-3491. If you're struggling to keep up with conversations, avoiding restaurants because you can't understand the waiter, if you've got the TV volume way, way up, then you really need these. These tiny but powerful little hearing aids are the Nano CIC Rechargeable, priced at only $297 for a full pair. And no, these are not simply amplifiers. These are ultra-high quality, ultra-reliable hearing aids, priced thousands less than other hearing aids. They fit right in your ear. Nothing shows on the back of your ear. And at only $297 for a full pair. When you order today, Nano will give you a 45-day money-back guarantee. Order right now and Nano will give you a free portable charging case and even ship them to you for free. Here's the number. Call now. 800-278-1738. 800-278-1738. 800-278-1738. 
That's 800-278-1738. Has your heater or air conditioner busted? Appliance broken? Computer crashed? Then you need an ARW home warranty. Home system and appliance repairs and replacements can cause stress and cost you thousands of dollars per year. With an A-plus BBB rating and a top-rated home warranty company on Consumer Affairs and Trustpilot, ARW Home provides superior service, featuring the industry's lowest service call fee. ARW Home has warranty plans that cover your kitchen and laundry appliances, heating and air conditioning systems, electrical and plumbing systems, and much more. Plus, ARW has partnered with Azurian to protect your new and used tablets, laptops, TVs, and other home tech from accidental damage and wear and tear. All plans come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. 800-867-6917. 800-867-6917. That's 800-867-6917. Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Titillating sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a key so handsome. He's a genius. Coming up next, Rick Tittle. Hey, thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast around the globe on American Forces Radio Network. It's 11-12. We'd like to check in with one of the betting experts over at ProWagering and ProWagering.com. And J.D. Sharp joins us once again. J.D., the Buffalo Bills, we already knew before last night that they were really screwing around this year and and a team that most of us thought was a Super Bowl contender I mean, last night was such a joke, and they've responded by firing the OC, Ken Dorsey. Uh, is that enough to turn things around, or are you kind of giving up on them? I have to give up on these guys. Dorsey's not the problem. Stefan Diggs is, and here's why. Stefan Diggs demands the ball like Terrell Owens demands the ball, like CeeDee Lamb demands the ball, but he doesn't have that size, that speed, those elite physical tools to justify it. And his constant demanding the ball is making Josh Allen focus on him way too much, which is making them much easier to defend. The problem was not Ken Dorsey. The problem is and has been Stephon Diggs. And once the Bills get rid of him, which I do believe someone's going to figure out, hopefully at some point in the next you know, six to eight weeks, but once they get rid of him and they replace him with either, either a star-wide receiver, like, an, like an, an, an actual number one, because I don't think Diggs is number one, or two very good Robert Woods type of wide receivers. Allen has the type of arm that it doesn't matter how good his wide receivers are. They just have to be good enough to play in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, he has an elite arm. I think Zach Wilson's got an elite arm. I think Mahomes has an elite arm. I think Anthony Richardson has an elite arm. Uh, Stroud, for example, is more of a, a quarterback that he's just really, really smart. He's got a he's, he's definitely got a good arm, but he doesn't have that that elite arm. But no, so I think that. The Bills, they've also suffered a lot of injuries defensively. They weren't playing Micah Hyde yesterday, Christian Benford. A number of their corners weren't playing. Um, they, they've had injuries to Matt Milano. They've had some injuries on the defensive line as well. So I, I just think the Bills have kind of gotten a raw deal as far as the, the players that have gotten hurt for them. But also, that offense is too focused on Stefan Diggs. They need 
to just let him go, trade him this off season, replace him with a couple of, with a couple of wide receivers, and I think you'll see the the Bills be contenders for quite some time. But he just doesn't have the physical tools to demand the ball as often as he does. And you're not going to hear that take from anywhere, but that's the truth. And Trayvon Diggs, his brothers, you know, saying things on social media that doesn't help either. But Josh Allen. He focuses on him too much, and it makes him it makes him too easy to defend. That that's my thing. Yeah, Trayvon Diggs said, "Man, fourteen got to get up out of there." And what's interesting is that Stephon Diggs. You know, at first we thought, "Oh, it's a win-win trade. They get an elite weapon in Buffalo and the pick for Justin Jefferson." In Minnesota, both teams ended up winning. But on the other hand, he signed a ninety-six million dollar contract extension and then held out. I mean, this is this this is the kind of thing like when Draymond punched Poole last year, it kind of ruined the whole season. Do you think maybe that holdout, that whole thing is still lingering? Holdouts are never good because I mean, you saw with Josh Jacobs to start the season. You saw with – and, and Burrow didn't hold out, but he was hurt. I mean, when, when these players – one of the reasons why Brady was so good for so long is two months before the season started, he was in camp. He was thrown to his wide receivers, no matter if it was a rookie, no matter if it was Julian Edelman, didn't make a difference. But these holdouts, these money holdouts, these players are just not getting the reps that they need, that everyone needs. Everyone has to practice, especially in the NFL, where they're, you know you have your superstars, your, your elite talents, but you know, besides that, everyone's kind of on the same level or, or maybe like a 5% deviation difference. So, so, yeah, I think that the holdouts do hurt. And, again, Stefan Diggs. Buffalo does not need him, and when they figure that out, because they have, like, A.J. Epines is playing great defensively. Their corners are stepping up. I think McDermott's – hopefully McDermott survives this. I think he's a pretty good coach. They've got a great kicker. They've got a really great punter. But Allen turns the ball over too much. And obviously, you know, Cook Cook fumbled um, a couple of the, – I believe they had a fumble yesterday as well. But, again, Allen looking for digs way too much. And when he does that, he's easy to defend. And, again, digs is – He's only, what, 5'11", 175, maybe runs a 4'5". Yeah, he's very quick. He's got good hands. He runs good routes. But you need that true number one, or you need a, a speed demon like a Jalen Waddle. I think Jalen Waddle would crush it. Or even like, a, imagine Tyreek Hill with Josh Allen throwing him the ball. I mean, we're talking 3,000-yard seasons with under those circumstances if he stayed healthy. So, yeah, Diggs is, is, is just not the guy that the Bills and a lot of Bills fans and a lot of the NFL thinks he is, and it's hurting the Bills in a big way, and they let go of the wrong player, in my opinion, or the, 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 the wrong piece, in my opinion. Let me ask you this about the Patriots, and, and I'm with you. Uh, you. You have to keep Belichick. That would just set them back even further if they got rid of him. But this is, an, and I know you study numbers, but this is a very interesting stat, and that is the last 266 NFL games where you run for at least 150 yards and hold your opponent to 10 points, the teams that did that were 266-0. and 0. When the Patriots lost to the Colts on Sunday, they were the first team <laughs> to rush for 167 yards, hold the other team to 10 points, and still lose. Do, do those kind of stats, are this just kind of like a good for a chuckle, or do you kind of take them to heart sometimes? Let me ask you this. How is it possible that that Patriots game only had 16 points when you had a total of 260? So you had you had 600 yards of offense again, Rick, again, and 16 points. What is going on? Is it turnovers? Is it just these untimely penalties? Are the teams just taking 35 seconds every single play before they snap the ball? What's happening right now? Why did that game, because you had Minshew threw for a buck 94, Indianapolis rushed for 70, the Patriots rushed for 167, and the, the, the Patriots passed for 173. How does that result in a 10-6 to 6 game, Rick? Explain that to me. I don't know. Can you explain to me 
last night in 30 seconds. The Bills do a ridiculous P.I., then the Broncos kneel, and then they miss a field goal, but then there's 12 guys on the field. I, was that was that on the take as well? I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. I, I thought that was strange. I had the over, of course, so obviously the two-point conversion didn't help. Uh, the missed extra point didn't help. None of that helped. I should have won, but I didn't. Kind of the story of the season for me. Um, but yeah, I honestly, that was, I think that was just a mental error. I think that they, they did, they did do that really, really quickly. And I'm sure that the bills were focused on blocking the kick or doing whatever they did. And when one of the players just wasn't thinking, I don't think that was an on the take McDaniels type of situation, but I do think that there needs to be some, there, I, I think it's untimely penalties. I think these, because here, here's the stat right now, prime time unders in the NFL this year are 25 and seven. That's like my year last year. That's like 80%. That's how, that's how high they're hitting right now. And the problem is the numbers justify the totals constantly for me. But for whatever reason, it's a red zone penalty. It's, uh, it's a red zone turnover. It's uh, a weird injury. I mean, the, the craziest things are happening this year in these games, Rick. And the, these games, you're getting 500 to 750 yards of offense consistently, but they're just not generating any points. And it's kind of making me crazy, Rick. I'll be real. Last question for you. And I'm not talking about the FBI, but is there any kind of Overwatch group in Vegas that will see someone has been putting down 80% on unders and just raking it in right now? Absolutely, yeah. But that's a public thing right now. See, the books books are losing because generally the the public just bets over, 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 over. The sharps generally bet the under unless the data makes sense. Now, if, if a trend starts and the public finds out about it, they're going to hit it as hard as they can, right? Because they're not, they're not thinking over. They're thinking, okay, all these games are going under. This one's going to go under. A sharp is going to look at it and say, no, I think this is going to happen because of these reasons. And so right now the sharps are getting crushed and the public is making a lot of money, which makes the sharps look dumb. So, so it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very weird dynamic. So to answer, to answer your question, yes. But in this case, it doesn't matter because they're, they're winning the big bets and they're losing the small bets. Well, we call your fans that are loyal to you a permanent Sharpie, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, and Rick, I'm 33 and 40 this year. I'm down, I'm down, I think I'm down nine units in the NFL. I'm doing really well on everything else. But, I mean, I, I, just, I, I bet I've lost 15 to 20 overs where the game should have gone over and there was at least 600 yards of offense and probably two red zone turnovers, probably three or four red zone holding penalties. And it just keeps happening over and over and over. And I just, because I am who I am, I just, I look at a game, I handicap it the way I handicap it, and I, and I make my play accordingly. So it's just hard for me to, 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 I guess, to break that algorithm, at least the way that I do things. But for whatever reason, it's not working out for me right now. Well, that's the dilemma. Stick to your guns and know what you know or try to change on the fly. This is why we talked to J.D. Sharp. ProWagering, ProWagering.com. Thanks, my man. Hey, thanks a lot, Rick. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. We'll come on back with some open lines.
President Biden recently released a massive $6 trillion budget, the largest budget in U.S. history. And guess who pays the bill? That's right, you, the American taxpayer. American citizens and business owners will be paying more taxes. That's a fact. And if you owe back taxes, they will be coming after you to collect payments. In fact, President Biden also hired thousands more IRS agents to go after you. If you got a letter from the IRS and you know you owe back taxes or you haven't filed in years, don't put your head in the sand. Call us today. We've saved our customers millions of tax dollars. One quick, free phone call will show you how we can reduce your past tax bill and save you thousands. Guaranteed, or you pay nothing. Call now. 800-949-0039. 800-949-0039. That's 800-949-0039. Paid for by the Tax Helpline. Attention homeowners. It's not if something's going to break, it's when. That's homeownership. If your dryer, your refrigerator, or your AC and heating breaks, that's an expensive call. And who do you call? Make it easy on yourself and call Choice Home Warranty. We've already done the research and have access to 25,000 technicians that can be at your home quickly. We've covered close to 2 million homes in the United States. There's a good chance your neighbors work with us. Call us right now before the next breakdown. We'll tell you everything that's covered in your home and give you the first month free with our ironclad 30-day money-back guarantee. Call now and learn how to get your free month. 800-392-7027-800-392-7027-800-392-7027. That's 800-392-7027. Limitations and exclusions apply. First month free with purchase of single plan. Visit choicehomewarranty.com for more details. We all love children, and many of us have an old car, truck, or van in the driveway. Find the Children has a great way for you to put your unwanted vehicle to good use. Keep listening. Every year, thousands of kids go missing. Trust me, it's a parent's worst nightmare. When a child goes missing, every moment counts, and you need all of the help you can get. Find the Children is a nonprofit organization dedicated to locating missing children and bringing them home safely. You can help support their mission by donating your car, truck, van or SUV. A towing company will come and pick up your car for free, running or not, and the donation of your car is tax deductible. Your help is providing the funds they need to continue their services. Call now, donate your old vehicle to find the children and get free pickup. Here's the number. 800-670-7830-800-670-7830-800-670-7830. That's 800-670-7830. Teams have four attempts to move the ball 10 yards. So if you see a graphic on your screen that says first and 10, that means it's the team's first attempt to get 10 yards. crazy. Use a D-O-G. And if you was my man, I would have been kicked you out of my house by now. This is what had happened. Thank you for that and welcome back to the show. You know, it's interesting talking to J.D. Sharp because 
you can just hear the frustration in his voice. He was so good in the NFL last year, and it's just not hitting for him so far this year. But that's why I hate betting on sports, because people mess it up. I'd much rather do a roulette wheel, and it goes bounce, 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 16. Damn it. You can't get mad at anybody but your stupid self for <laughs> for betting. But when some schmuck gets a P.I., you're like, ah, oh, you idiot, or jumped offside or missed a field goal or dropped a pass, whatever. It could happen. But looking at the NFL right now, and I saw a headline that said, oh, who won the Goff-Stafford trade now? Uh, the Rams. They won the Super Bowl. What do you mean, who won it now? The Rams. Unless Jared Goff wins a Super Bowl, the, the Rams win that trade. And Jared Goff is a lot better than people thought he would be. Uh, I, I put myself in that category. He seemed kind of uh, lethargic, and you know, I knew he was a good player, but <clears throat> it didn't seem like he was, you know, anything to write home about. When I mean, you look at the highest-paid quarterbacks in the NFL, Joe Burrow makes fifty-five million a year. Justin Herbert, fifty-two and a half million. Then Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, Pat Mahomes, Allen, Daniel Jones, Dak Prescott, Matt Stafford. I mean, <clears throat> you know, it's like who won the trade? The Rams won the trade. Okay. For one reason, it's like when a team beats you in the Super Bowl and the next year you play, oh, that's revenge for the Super Bowl. Oh, week three? Yeah, that's revenge. Sure. But we're now going into week 11. <clears throat> and as it stands, there are four teams that look like they're going to be winning the, uh, some people call it the Caleb Williams sweepstakes, the number one overall pick, the Bears, the Giants, the Cardinals, and the Patriots. But I'll tell you this, um, I watched Caleb Williams last week, not impressed. I mean, he can do so many things. He's little. He's a lot littler than I thought he was. And he's squirmy. He's he's a great athlete. But <sighs> number one overall pick? I don't know if I want to hand the keys uh, to a guy like that. I mean, to me, he's... Um, the guy who just got picked first this year. <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. You ever when Sam Darnold came in, everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, we have to get Sam Darnold." I'm like what? Matt Barkley, we have to get. We do. No. But eight months ago, the Bears sold the number one overall pick to the Panthers for DJ Moore. Two picks in the draft last year first round pick in this coming draft and the second round pick in 2025 that's how much they're paying for Bryce <clears throat> the Bears at three and seven have a shot at the top pick with their own selection uh, and of course the pick from the Panthers who are one and eight who they just beat but you know Bryce Young has not taken the Panthers where they want to go just yet when CJ Stroud finds himself in MVP conversation now and the Panthers are currently the lone one-win team in the NFL, and they don't even own their own first-round pick. It's a complete horrific scenario for Carolina. And since the Bears own two numbers 
in the lotto drawing. They obviously have the best chance to earn that pick. Now, there isn't a lottery, if you're just trying to say. But right now, uh, at Sportland, they say the Bears have the 38% chance to get the number one overall pick. <clears throat> and the remaining schedule, the Bears are at Lions, loss, at Vikings, loss, home to the Lions, loss, at Cleveland, loss, host the Cardinals, win, host the Falcons, win at Green Bay, loss. So let's say they'll win two more games. They'll go 5-12, and 12. wouldn't you say? The Panthers <clears throat> are going to host Dallas, <clears throat> and then at Tennessee, so Dallas has a loss, at Tennessee, ugh, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, Atlanta, Green Bay, Jags, and Bucks again. The only good teams they really play are the Cowboys and the Jags. So let's say they win two in there and they go three and 14. Now the Giants, a huge disappointment. Do you know that last year Brian Dable was the NFL coach of the year? And the Giants made the playoffs and upset Minnesota. And then Daniel Jones got the contract paying him $40 million a year. Well, now they're 2-8. They're the worst scoring team in football, 11.8 points per game. Jones tore his ACL, out for the year. Tyrod Taylor, IR. Tommy DeVito started against the Cowboys on Sunday. And the Cowboys beat them, yes, 49-17. to so the Giants have a 28, 23% chance of getting the number one overall pick. Their schedule at Washington, a division game, uh, host New England, host Green Bay, at New Orleans, at Philly, host the Rams, host the Eagles. So who could they beat in there? I guess they could beat Washington and New England and Green Bay, and they could beat the Rams. I mean, they could beat, I don't think they're going to beat New Orleans. They're not going to beat the Eagles, who they play twice. So uh, the Giants could get five wins. I'm trying to be generous. And then everyone said the Cardinals would be the worst team in football. But Joshua Dobbs kept them competitive, and then they got rid of him, and they put Kyler Murray back under center. And he looked rather spry in the first action of the, the year. And, yeah, they... They beat the Falcons. But what they have left is Texans, Rams, Steelers, Niners, Bears, Eagles, Seahawks. The Texans are no joke. The Steelers are no joke. The Niners and the Eagles and the Seahawks are three of the best teams in that division. So all they could beat is either the Rams or the Bears. So let's say they go 5-12. and 12. And then the Patriots. They are a bad football team. They are 2-8. and eight. They did not have eight losses in a season from 2001 to 2019. They don't know who their quarterback is going to be. But they get the Giants next. That's easy. The Chargers are hapless. But then Steelers, Chiefs, Broncos, Bills, Jets. I guess they could beat the Giants and the Broncos. Maybe the Chargers. So they'll probably have five wins. So as these teams are lining up, I mean, if you are... Let's say you are the Bears. Do you stick with Justin Fields? 
do you want to give him a weapon like Marvin Harrison Jr.? You know, do you want Caleb Williams or some of these other, you know, Drake May type of of uh, QBs out there? You know, you you look through the draft, and it's going to change, and we're going to have the combine and pro days and everything else. But most mocks still have it. Caleb Williams, number one, Marvin Harris, number two. But Drake May is seen as high as two and as high as three. He's a quarterback from North Carolina. Um, you know, we otherwise quarterbacks that are, do you like Shadur Sanders? Uh, do you like Michael Penix coming out of Washington? I think you would. I don't see a lot of people going for Spencer Rattler. I transferred to South Carolina. It's not going to be a first-round pick. Come on. It's not going to be a first-round pick. Jaden Daniels. I just feel like Jaden Daniels is going to end up with the Raiders. I really do. And as I said yesterday, 10,000 passing yards, 3,000 rushing yards. Only Kaepernick did that. Uh, And listen, Kaepernick did it in, what, the Mountain West? for Reno. Uh, Jaden Daniels did it in the Pac-12 and the SEC with Arizona State and LSU. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I just, I'm not a big Jaden Daniels guy. But we'll, we'll see what happens. Who gets the number one overall pick? But, yeah, Caleb Williams, eh, he's he's not Andrew Luck. I'll just say that. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come on back talk more football with author Mike Richmond on the other side. Here's a message just for the attorneys out there. So you passed the bar, joined a firm, or even built your own. Now are you finding out that you're doing more administration than actual law practice? Lexicon can help. Lexicon is a legal technology provider with over a decade of experience streamlining administrative tasks like timekeeping, billing, and more. So you can focus on maximizing billable hours and increasing client satisfaction. Call 855-4-LEXICON or visit lexiconservices.com slash go to learn more. Do you owe $10,000 or more on at least two federal student loans? Then you may qualify for new programs offered by the Department of Education. These programs can reduce your interest, lower your payments, and possibly qualify you for loan forgiveness. If you have $10,000 or more and at least two federal student loans and currently not in school, you may qualify for one of these programs. Call now to check your eligibility. Student loan advisors are standing by to help you determine if you qualify for these new programs. They can help you reduce your interest, lower your payment, and even forgive a portion of your student loan debt. Take control of your financial future. Make this free five-minute free call now to Nationwide Student Loans and learn how you can reduce your student loan debt. 800-433-0539. 800-433-0539. 800-433-0539. That's 800-433-0539. Paid for by Fix My Student Loans. Do you have Medicare and do you use a CPAP machine? This is a national healthcare alert regarding your CPAP supplies. Using a clean CPAP mask and clean supplies is important to staying healthy. 
The best way to make sure your CPAP equipment is clean is to get new supplies. If you have Medicare, we have great news. Medicare will pay for you to have new clean supplies every 90 days. We'll even do all the paperwork for you to make sure that there's little to no out-of-pocket cost to you. And you don't even have to leave your home. We provide free in-home delivery. So if you're a CPAP user and you have Medicare, staying healthy with new CPAP equipment is easy. Just make this free phone call right now to get started. Sponsored by Specialty Medical. 800-913-9739. 800-913-9739. That's 800-913-9739. I'm Rick Tittle, and I host the Video Game Review every Sunday night at 9 o'clock Pacific, midnight on the East Coast, right here on the Sports Byline USA Broadcast Network. Video games are way more important than your job, your school, or your relationship, so let's talk about them. Everything from the 2600 to the 360. I don't work for any video game company, so I'll tell you what's worth your money and what stinks. Also, cheat codes, interviews, your calls, I'll give away a game, release dates, all that and more every Sunday night right here on the Sports Byline USA Broadcast Network. Back to pass, goes targeted. He's going down the middle, and White makes the catch. He is clean, but holds on to the football, losing the helmet. Chin strap flying one way, helmet the other. Holy Toledo. I saw Rick Tittle at the laundromat last night, and I was hella checking him out. I just kept staring at him, and he played like I wasn't even there. I be like that then. All right, thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show author Mike Richman. He has a brand new book. It's entitled George Allen, A Football Life. And this comes from University of Nebraska Press. Um, Mike, welcome to the show. I'm in my 50s, and when I was growing up uh, as a Raider fan, going to the Coliseum, John Madden was the head coach, you would hear names like Lombardi and George Allen, and like those were the two best guys. And I was a real little kid when they were still going, but they were just a little bit before my generation. Did you write this book to let people know, you know, way younger than me, like to remind them just how uh, important George Allen is? Yes, that's one of the reasons I wrote it, Rick. I mean, I wanted to, over the years, I've tried my best to uphold the tradition of the Washington Redskins. I've written the Redskins Encyclopedia, the Redskins Ball, Joe Gibson Enduring Legacy. So this was just another piece to to that, that whole uh, series that I've done, but I didn't just focus on the Redskins in the book. I, I wanted to span George Allen's life and entire coaching career. So yes, I, and, and that particular era when he coached, he was one of the elite coaches in the league, comparable to Lombardi, Don Shula. Those were his two top rivals uh, for a while, and also uh, Landry, Tom Landry. So definitely letting people know who George Allen was at that time. During that Cold War era, he was one of the elite coaches in the NFL. And it's a major reason, of course, he was, he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame today. 
I always thought it was interesting when I was in uh, high school that Reagan hired him to be on the physical fitness council because he reminded me of Reagan. They had the same lid. <laughs> they looked so much alike. In fact, uh, George Felix Allen, George Allen's son, joked that uh, they looked like they could be cousins. And actually, if you look at the, the, the photos of the two, yeah, very similar hairstyles. And uh, and also, they became friends, actually, in the 60s when uh, Ronald Reagan was first running for governor of California. He stopped by a Rams practice, and uh, he, he gave the team a pep talk. At the time, George Allen was the coach of the Rams. He became the coach of the Rams in 1966. So Reagan stopped by practice one day. He gave the team a pep talk. Um, they lost... Uh, three or four straight games. He told the story of um, uh, his uh, role in Newt Rock and the All-American and, and George Gipp, you know, that, that inspiring story. He told the players that, that whole uh, story. So, And then later on, as you alluded to, uh, when Reagan became president, he appointed Allen as chair of the President's Council on Physical Fitness and Sports. And it was, it was actually the, the perfect person for the, that position because Allen was a – he was an exercise fanatic himself. I mean, this guy – calisthenics and running uh, on the track, hills, uh, hitting, hitting the uh, punching bag. I mean, he was in such great shape throughout his life. You know, when I think about uh, George Allen, too, he, correct me if I'm wrong, at Whittier, where Reagan, I mean, not Reagan, uh, Nixon went, he was the football coach and the baseball coach? Yes, he was both the football coach and the baseball coach during that period that he was at Whittier from 1951 through 56. And, of course, that's Richard Nixon's alma mater. And contrary to a lot of uh, popular thought, they first met at Whittier. The uh, common belief is that they first met when they intersected in the nation's capital. Nixon was already the president for three years, and Allen became the Redskins coach in 1971. But they first met it at Whittier at an NCAA function. Uh, Nixon had been invited, and he was very excited to meet the football coach at his alma mater. So they immediately engaged in a conversation about X's and O's because uh, Nixon was very astute uh, in terms of sports. I mean, he was an amazing, uh, just could recite uh, all of these you know, facts about history and even you know current day um, topics and things like that. So he, for any president who's ever resided at uh, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, he is probably... Uh, the most intelligent when it comes to sports, particularly football. No doubt. When I think about his uh, George Allen's tree coming over to the Rams with, with Sid Gilman and how he revolutionized the the passing game, but then with Papa Bear all those years in Chicago under George Hallis, like what, what were some of the things he gleaned from those type of guys? Well, he coached under Gilman – one season in 1957 with, with the Rams. That was actually Allen's first coaching stint in the NFL. And he learned from, from Gilman. First of all, Gilman was one of those workaholic coaches. And Gilman was also one of the first coaches to put so much time into watching film. And Allen picked up on that because he would later, uh, he, he put a lot of time into that himself. And in fact, uh, Nate Fine who was his videographer and photographer with the Redskins, um, he produced so much film and so many still photos that Allen called him the Cecil B. DeMille of the NFL. But um, So that's what he picked up from Gilman. 
uh, that workaholic nature, but also uh, that uh, religious uh, focus on um, watching game film. From Hallis, again, it was that workaholic part of, you know, aspect of, of him. Uh, Hallis put, put so much time into pre- game preparations. So um, Hallis was also, uh, you know, a, a little bit of a, uh, I should say, a spy himself, you know, which is something that uh, Alan became noted for later in his career. He, he was, like, uh, noted for these espionage missions, uh, trying to find out what's going on with other teams, such as the Dallas Cowboys. So, uh, but he, he picked those things up from, uh, from Hallis, the good and the bad. Well, a couple more questions here from Mike Richmond, the new book, George Allen, A Football Life. I, I, when I was a kid, I always thought Jack Kent Cook looked like kind of a little megalomaniac. Like he just seemed so weird. And he, he was with the, the Redskins when, you know, they had Otto Graham and Vince Lombardi. But when he became a full owner, that's when, you know, Allen was already established. And I think he had Jack Pardee for a year or two. But, I mean, he lucked out with, with Joe Gibbs, obviously, winning three Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks. But what was the relationship like? Because Cook also had the Lakers at the time. What was Allen's relationship like with that guy? Because to me, he seemed like a loose cannon. Well, they originally met in Los Angeles. Uh, like you said, uh, Cook owned the the Los Angeles Lakers. He also owned the Kings. And they they met at that time when Allen was the head coach of the Rams. And they became... They, they, were, they were friends. Uh, Cook would invite him over to his, uh, his ranch in the in the Sierra Nevada mountains and in California and, uh, uh, or however they're called the high Sierras. But, uh, uh, so yeah, they, and, and cook also uh, got him tickets, uh, Alan and his family tickets to uh, Lakers and Kings games at the, the fabulous forum, which uh, cook built. Um, so cook actually wanted, he tried to lure Allen to DC after the 1968 season, which was the first time Allen was fired by Rams owner, Dan Reeves which was after the 68 season. So Cook tried to get him to D.C. at that time because Otto Graham had just been fired as the Redskins coach. But uh, Allen insisted on staying in, in Los Angeles. He wanted to play out his five-year contract with the Rams, which happened. And then in 1970, when Allen was fired uh, the second time after the 1970 season, uh, Cook and also Edward Bennett Williams, who was the minority partner for the Redskins, they both lured him to D.C. at that point. So, but that that uh, relationship with Cook, Cook actually offered when Allen first came to D.C. in 1971. Cook offered him the opportunity to buy a percentage of the team. It wasn't part of his contract, but there was some separate letter that was sent to Cook, and he had an opportunity to buy a percentage of the team, which didn't exercise that option. But late in the later years, their uh, relationship kind of waned. They. Uh, uh, Cook didn't like his, uh, and Edward Bennett Williams didn't like his big spending ways. So, uh, um, but they, getting back to LA, they were they were friends at that time. The uh, whole thing about you know this is like I said, it's a little bit before my time, but I always heard that George Allen didn't like rookies. You know, he liked established players, the sort of the over the hill gang. Do you did you find that uh, to be true? Yeah. So, as a pro head coach. He, he focused almost entirely on veteran players. He did not trust rookies. He thought they were going to make uh, mental mistakes on the field. It's something he just wouldn't tolerate. He went after so many veteran players. Uh, at, with the Rams, he made about 50 trades. I'm not saying they were all for 
what we would call veteran players or however you want to define it. But, uh, but, and he made even more trades with the Redskins, uh, 70 or 80 trades. So he uh, garnered the nickname Trader George. Um, but one interesting thing that I explored in the book is that Allen had such a keen eye for rookie talent when he served as the head talent scout for the Chicago Bears under Hallis from 59 to 65. He led the drafting of three future Hall of Famers, Mike Ditka in 1961, uh, and then Sayers and Butkus in 1965. And there were other great players that were drafted on his watch. Uh, Ronnie Bull, great running back in 1962. I believe he was uh, NFL Rookie of the Year that season. Um, there were a couple players in 65 who the Bears drafted, but they opted to play in the AFL. The NFL and the AFL were competing at the time still in the draft, or they, they had opposing drafts. So even a couple of those players were, turned out to be they had really, really solid careers. Uh, one was Steve DeLong. He played with, for the San Diego, San Diego Chargers. And also um, Nance, Jim Nance, running back for the uh, Patriots in the AFL. He had a really, really good career. So Allen, in my opinion, I mean, as I wrote in the book, has to be known as one of the greatest general managers in NFL history for what he did, that, that keen eye for rookie talent. But anyway, I made that distinction, you know, why he had such a great, I for that talent as the head talent scout for the Bears, but then his his focus was so much on veteran players uh, when he was the head coach. I asked Bruce Allen that uh, his son and also later the um, mm-hmm. uh, Raiders right. and Redskins executive, and uh, Bruce seemed to think, and I agree with him, that when when his father became the head coach of the Rams in 1966, the pressure was really building on head coaches to win immediately, and, and George Allen felt it at the time because you had those television contracts. They they weren't what they are today, but they, they were becoming more and more lucrative. And uh, so the pressure was there. He felt he could do it with those those veteran players. It's an amazing book, and we're just scratching the surface of a uh, football icon. It's called George Allen, A Football Life. There's a forward by Dick Vermeil, available from our guest author, Mike Richmond, and it is through the University of Nebraska Press. Mike, congratulations, and thank you for coming by. Thank you very much for having me on the show. If I could just mention uh, my website, uh, com. if anybody would like to get a uh, author autographed copy of the book. They're also available on Amazon. And I should point out, it's Rich Man, not Rich Mund, R-I-C-H-M-A-N. Thanks a lot, Mike. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. Come on back on Sports Byline. of two Americans thinks their life is worthy of a book. Here's another startling stat. You may be one of the 15% of people who bothered to start your book and one of the 6% that got halfway through it, but your gem of an idea likely died or did it. Some published authors are making significant money. So join the ranks of the successful people that finish their books with help from Dorrance Publishing. Call right now and our experienced editors and writers will explain to you what it's going to take to get your book completely written, published, and then taken to market to sell it. 
It's a free consultation, so call right now. Find out how much time and money it takes to finally get that book idea of yours published. Make your dreams happen. Call Doran's Publishing right now. 800-485-6003. 800-485-6003. That's 800-485-6003. I don't even recognize myself anymore. I'm really worried about him. His addiction. I haven't seen him like this. Ever. Hey, look, I I never wanted to start using. I I knew the drill, but I was out of options. I I just want to tell him it's not your fault. There are people out there who can help. People who have felt your pain. They know what you're going through. This has to stop. I'm losing everything. Everyone. You've been strong your whole life. You can do this, but you have to reach out for help. It's time. I can do this. Addiction is a disease, and diseases need treatment. Call Quit Drugs 321 now at 800-378-3508. 800-378-3508. That's 800-378-3508. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline. Can your IRA stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is at our doorsteps? By allocating a percentage of your IRA into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from turbulent markets and economic downturns by putting your IRA back on the gold standard. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA. The only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Call now for your free gold and silver report. Protect your IRA today with one simple phone call and learn how to qualify for up to $10,000 in free silver. Call Genesis Gold Group, empowering faith-driven stewardship. 800-211-6008-800-211-6008-800-211-6008. That's 800-211-6008. To me, it's like a mountain. A vast bowl of pus. his servants all right hey thanks for uh, hanging with me nine guests today and tomorrow looks super busy too um one little note that we didn't get to we ran out of time with the author mike richmond uh bruce allen died when he was 72 he was the head coach at long beach state and they ended the season beating unlv and as he was getting ready to walk off the field his players dumped gatorade on him and he got a cold and died and his son, uh, George, who became governor of Virginia, he said that absolutely was the case. 
and he doesn't blame the players. He said he went out a winner, but the temperature was freezing. There was a biting wind, and he ended up getting uh, ventricular fibrillation uh, after that. So, I mean, you feel terrible for the kids. That's the last thing they wanted to happen. And as I said, he was 72. He looked 92 at the time, if you remember. Um, but, I mean, for me, every time I've seen a Gatorade shower thinks, I always think, like, what? That guy's kind of fat. Is that going to be all right? Or that guy's kind of old? Or <laughs> what's the temperature? I mean, I know it's not funny, but. And look, it was an indirect thing. It's not like they dumped it on him and he died instantly. Uh, but like you said, his son said that absolutely was it, but I'm not mad at him. All right, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you tomorrow, 9 a.m. Pacific time. We don't have brain damage. (laughs) (laughs) Great way to end the show.